Do we have to? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't remember. Okay. Sorry. I ruined it. Let's do it. We could do it again on three. One, two, three. Come, Come on, on now, now sugar. Am I, are we lagging? I, uh, we didn't discuss how I, we were going to do this uh, <laughs> remotely. There's for, there's for sure a lag, but um, I don't think listeners know this, but <laughs> I have had to uh, Frankenstein and Come On Now Sugar back together before. Yes, that's true. So you... I'm up for doing it again to the best of my ability. So you're listening to this. If that sounded okay, it's because of my own Ryan's wizardry. If it doesn't sound that good, it's because I did the best I could uh-huh. and then eventually had to just admit defeat. I mean, you know, I'm a big believer in pod verte. So I think the audience uh, deserves to hear all of our um, foibles in trying to get a good oh, take man. of come on now, sugar. All right. It's, I mean, we're a team, so (laughs) I'll do what you say. I'm down. You know what, Mogi? (laughs) We are a team. (laughs) We're back. I'm so excited. Ugh, me too. Oh, season two of Veronica Mars. We had no idea how long that hiatus would be. (laughs) 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 Or what would happen during that hiatus. Mm -hmm. Um... But we're back, and we're back with, yeah, episodes one and two of season two. Normal is the watchword, and driver Driver's Ed. Ed. Is it driver? Yes. I think because his name's Ed. Oh, my God. Okay. Driver Ed. Yeah. But yeah. I think, but I can look it up. Unless we it's are- like a, uh, a, contr- a contraction, and it's like a driver is Ed. Oh, the driver's <laughs> Ed. I, the driver's ed. It could be. <laughs> I didn't even put that together. Like I like the fact that that was a pun. I was wondering why. And I think here's the thing, because I, I really from time to time need things laid out for me in a very obvious way. And the thumbnail on Hulu, which is where I watch, uh yeah. is a still of um uh Logan and uh, oh gosh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Charisma Carpenter. Uh, uh, Kendall. Kendall, thank you. Yes, Kendall. So I'm like, what do they have to do with driving? Nothing, because nothing. It's about it's the a plot where Veronica. Hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. We will get to it. <laughs> All right, I'm just right? letting you know what state of mind I was in. Apparently. All right. Yeah, I also watched on Hulu. I think I may transition back to the DVDs, mm-hmm. but Hulu is just so easy. Um, we are recording this. I don't know when you'll be listening to it. But we're recording this in mid-June of 2020. So I've been quarantined for several months, mm-hmm. three months, I think. Yeah, um, I think it's right around then. So it's been like my old routines are not my current routines. So <laughs> I didn't even think about it until you're like, I watched Anula. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I could have just watched my DVDs. Didn't even occur to me. Um, I'm so in the mindset of just like go to my Amazon Fire Stick and mm-hmm. stream something. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the benefit of that is like, you know, seeing how Carvana is like helping us purchase a car during these trying times is like a connection with the outside world. Here's the thing. I know that was a joke, but mm-hmm. I don't know if but you know that about me. 
I am an actual advocate for Carvana. I didn't know. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm not paid by them, but they, <laughs> that's how I, my lease was up on my car. So I, it was time for me to buy a car. And I, it was like a Friday that mm-hmm. I decided to buy a car. By Sunday, I had a Mini Cooper. Did you know I have a Mini Cooper now? I so you've mentioned it, but I have not okay. seen it in the real world. <laughs> I'm surprised and- I didn't mention Carvana because it's part of the story. So, <laughs> within, my point is, within like 72 hours, a car was delivered to my house. Mm-hmm. It was exactly the car I wanted. Yeah. Um, and it's great. And they also give you a bunch of swag. So I have a bunch of things that say Carvana on them. Um, <laughs> Oh, some of them I've covered up the logo, some I haven't. Okay, uh, but yeah, I am. I I don't think it's a great fit for every person, right? Because some people, but for me, as somebody who doesn't, who has had the feeling when you go to a car lot of feeling taken taken advantage of, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're buying a car by yourself, like it really was so easy, simple. Now this was before quarantine, so it wasn't like I wasn't worried about sickness, but I guess right. now that's helpful too. Yeah, uh, but it was so. I'm not. I know I'm sounding like an ad for Carvana. I'm not an ad, but I do recommend it if you want to skip the used car lot, mm-hmm. and if you want to determine your pricing and everything without having any negotiation. Some people like the negotiation part. I'm not that. I don't. I want to uh, pay a fair price and leave. Yes, I'm also not that way. I so people have told me uh many times like in buying a car mm-hmm. or whatever like, "Oh, you know, don't pay the sticker price." Right. But no one's explained to me how to not pay the sticker price. I've never paid less than that in my life. Like that's the price, think, right? And then you say like, yeah, "No, I'll give you less." That. Yeah, I think you're supposed to say I'm going to leave. I've done that. I've left. And then Nissan of fucking Hollywood just called me for the following year, offering me different cars. And I couldn't convince them that I had already bought a different car. Yeah, I I'm trying to think if I've paid less than sticker. I think yes, but only because they it was like their first offer was less. than. I was like, like, they didn't know what the sticker said. And then they're like, oh, uh, 15 grand and i'm like the stickers is 18 but if you'll say 15 let's do I, okay um and then with this one it, it's like it's just a no haggle price mm-hmm. with carvana uh, yeah. carvana.com uh, oh it's my like god carvana <laughs> uh, i didn't do the car vending machine the car vending machine is cool but it's cooler that they just and especially in the city too and mm-hmm. i didn't have a car for two days so like it was also yeah. nice they just deliver the car to you and you do your test drive from your house. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can't pull up on a fucking used car lot in an Uber because then you're fucked. You're negotiating exactly. chips are well, out exactly. the window. 100%. Um, yeah. Uh, you know who needed an Uber? Veronica uh, at the end of this episode. Oh, boy, did she ever. She, we'll get to it. She got we'll one of those two-wheel Ubers. Okay, I... I'm a person. I mean, season one is probably of uh, Veronica Mars is probably my favorite season of television. Mm-hmm. I said that now I'm like double checking. Yeah, it's it's definitely up in my top five, but it's a very I very much respect that season of television. But season two, I love a lot about it. There's a lot of fun to be had. In season oh, two. yeah. I the thing I've always loved about season two, I think season two is my favorite. I 
I wobble on that a lot because season one is perfect in so many ways yeah. that it's hard to be like, okay, you know, this isn't the greatest season of TV ever, like you said. But season two does a couple of things. Like it raises the stakes in such an awesome way. Like they really like take yeah. it from if the Lily Kane murder is like uh, what I thought was like a 10, then they're like, okay, well, here's a 25. And you're like, oh my God, like it, this is insane. And then it introduces so many fucking characters. It gives us so many fun moments. We're going to get later on. We'll get into Vinnie Van Lowe. Um, we've got Woody, who I'm a huge fan of. We're going to see a lot more Sheriff Lamb, who's one of the greatest villains of all time. Uh, you know, like season two cranks up the volume for me. Yes, and it also makes Veronica into into a and an, into like a real detective. Okay, like season one, I feel like she's solving her own personal problem. She has a personal mission. Mm -hmm. And season two, I think yes, the bus crash, and I guess I can say that. Please, <laughs> if, if that if you don't know what I'm talking about, stop and watch the episodes. Like we can't save you from the that spoiler. Bogey, so, I am sorry. holding out for the, the portion of fans, the niche audience that starts our podcast and the episode at the same time and does their first watch that way. Like a DVD well, commentary. I know, but then you, our episodes are consistently longer than the episodes <laughs> of the show. So they well, just sit in the dark for an extra hour. Yeah, well, that's end. dessert, baby. There you go. But no, this season, the bus crash is a mission for Veronica, but it's one she chooses. It feels less thrust upon her, mm -hmm. which I think lets us see her grow up. And also, you're right, the world of Neptune is pretty fun in this season. Things yeah. get a little wilder in a fun yeah. way. Um, and well, and uh, like you were saying with um, you know, her choosing this mission, it also sort of it chooses her and, you know, she's foreshadowing that in the, what I guess would call the a plot of this episode, which mm -hmm. is the drug test mystery. And she yes. like literally does the Godfather thing. Like every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Mm -hmm. um, she's, she's retiring. She doesn't want to do this crazy kid detective life anymore. It almost killed her. It almost cost her everything. Yes. Well, and it's part of what you said in terms of the stakes went up. Like, her best friend got murdered and she got raped, and that was before the stakes got raised. Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Neptune has gotten way more dangerous. And the and I think it's also become, and we'll get into this, I think, when we're talking about her and Wall, uh, sorry, her and Weevil in this season, mm -hmm. but in this, and it's in the, it starts in the first episode. She now is having to deal with a lot more shades of gray in mm -hmm. terms of good and bad and what side she's on. Right. Um, I think in the first, she got away with a lot of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And this season, I mean, it takes her maybe too long to dump Logan. <laughs> if she wants to be righteous. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, you know, but this isn't a, this is not a love podcast. So uh -huh. we're, I think, see logan for what he is and right now what he is is like super messed up <laughs> <laughs> you 
he has problems. He does. Oh, the poor, poor thing who is also terrorizing the community. Okay, but let's, can we start at the beginning of this episode? Do you want to start at the beginning? I feel like that helps. All right, sock it to me. Okay, so we're starting off. Veronica is a hostess at a coffee shop. She wears a uniform. Mm -hmm. She doesn't work as a detective anymore. She, and while she's the hostess, she has a section, which I was very confused about (laughs) later. (laughs) Or she's demoted. Hostess, because we the flashback is where we're told she has a section. So I'm like, yeah. did you used to be a waitress and you got devoted <laughs> to hostess? Like, most hostesses want to be servers because that's how you get tips. But I mean, okay. l- Mrs. Veronica, your boyfriend's here, is like running the show at the Java Hut. So you know, who knows? Things could be it, it's could be very bohemian over there. It's like choose your own shift kind of thing. Yeah, we've also seen her clean the like the counters behind the the food case, mm-hmm. the pastries. So she's she kind of p- does whatever she's supposed to do. Yeah, um, yeah. And and her her dad is now a famous author. Mm-hmm. I think that's we find that out in the first five minutes of this episode. Yes, he writes a uh, if I if I did it a uh, true crime novel or. True okay, crime. Hold on. Hold on. It's not <laughs> if I did it. You're making a reference to something that is so different than what this is. If I did it was an actual person who was acquitted of a crime, wrote about the crime they probably did actually commit, and wrote details of how it would have gone down if they had done it. Yes. We are talking about Keith, who caught someone who did the crime, writing about how the crime went down. It's more like a he did it than an if I did it. Okay, how he did it. Sure, sure. I guess <laughs> I'm really offended on Keith's behalf. I can't believe you just called him OJ Simpson. I just okay, fine. It was honestly the only name of like a true crime book I could think of, and so in I said blood. it. I take yeah. in cold Pretty blood. Ninety nine percent of true crime books. Uh huh. Are very similar to what T- Keith wrote. <laughs> There's a very small sliver of books in the true crime section that aren't like his, and one of those is If I Did It. Most true crime is written by a third party, often a detective who investigated the crime about the details of the crime. Mm-hmm. That's like how most of these books go. Wow. All right. Fine. So Keith didn't do it. No, he did. Yes. Truth. He didn't do it. And he never even wrote a thing about what it would be like if he did it. No one's ever accused Keith of killing Lily. That's wild. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I, I take it all back. Okay, good. Keith wouldn't do that. He's not a murderer. Nope. Um, and then Kelvin shows up mm-hmm. in an American Eagle polo, Kelvin the bully jock, mm-hmm. to see if if Veronica will help him with his blood test. I'm sorry, his pee test problem. Yes, because he is a star football player or basketball player. I think football because it's the fall. Ah, yeah. Um, 
Yes, he is a star football player who has lost the ability to play any academic or any sports at school because he failed his mandatory drug test. And Veronica very quickly points out that he failed his drug test the previous year. Yep. He's, you know, he's he likes a little bit of he likes a little bit of pot. He's into it. And he's and he's a jerk. Both yeah. of those things. Mm. So Veronica's like, oh no, I'm not gonna help you. What do you what? No. I'm not helping I'm not gonna come out of retirement. This is not it. Sorry, sorry, sir. This mm-hmm. is not gonna pull me out of retirement. Helping yeah. some bully? Mm. Who she doesn't even really believe he's telling the truth. Yeah. She's that is understand. not the Veronica code. Uh and then the flashbacks start. Oh my god. So <laughs> I watched I watched the episode twice this week um, to get to like get my head around all the flashbacks. I still to this day have trouble putting it all in order, but I have grown to appreciate the structure of this episode because I used to hate it. I used to think it was insane. Yeah, it's a little wild. I think that. Because last season, I think we, t- I'm sure we talked about it. I have not gone back to listen to our last episode of the show, but I, we talk about everything a lot, but the big cliffhanger from the first season is someone is at Veronica's door. I think it's implied. It's a guy like maybe by his shadow or something, mm-hmm. but she looks at the face and says, I was hoping it would be you. Yeah. And that's the end of the season. So. I think there's this hanging over the, like all all hiatus. It's like who was at the door, right? And in my mind, that pretty quickly. They did. Oh, sorry. Oh no, no, no. I was gonna say in my mind, the mystery to me it was always like, is it a donut or a love? Yes, I think those are the two most likely. I at the time thought maybe it was Wallace Mm. because I wasn't really that worried about the romances of I thought the romances like were too complicated and I was kind of hoping it was Wallace not in a romantic way just in a like because her at the end of the season his mom is at her dad's bedside mm-hmm. so it was like oh maybe Wallace came to like give her a hug right and who does Veronica really need to see is it her best friend who's ride or die and you know will do anything for her and truly loves her or is it the guy who potentially just murdered someone on a bridge during an attempted suicide and is now coming to make it her problem I still think this makes no sense now not just because I'm a Duncan shipper but if it had been Duncan I was hoping it would be you would make sense, right? Because they're both dealing with the trauma of finding out that Aaron Eccles killed Lily mm-hmm. and they just found out that they're siblings. And so they have this unresolved stuff and they care about each other, but they're also going through a trauma. That made sense for me. The okay. way she says, I was hoping it would be you to the son of the man who was fucking her best friend and then murdered <laughs> her best friend is weird. <laughs> Right, and the only explanation for it, which is one that, you know, I find hard to swallow, is that she just really loves Logan. And I guess... No, we're not, we're not doing that right now. We'll just talk about that later this season, maybe. But right now, that is not the issue. Oh, also, and this is... Uh, I don't know who had this theory. I, so I, I'm sorry if it was you and you posted on, like, television without pity 10 years ago, and I'm, 
I didn't know. I'm not giving you proper credit. I mean, so logically, I do you I, think there's any other explanation than it was me posting on television without credit 10 it years could ago? could absolutely be, have been Colin. But there is a room or a thought, and I'm sure Rob Thomas has probably said this isn't true, but this is, I as soon as I read it, I was like, maybe I choose to believe this. That at hmm. first she thought it was Duncan because he's in the shadow. Mm-hmm. Because if you notice the way she says, she goes, I was hoping it'd be you to a shadowed figure. Then Logan leans forward and he's covered in blood because he got beat up. But he, she goes, Logan? <laughs> I mean, I always took it as surprise that he was like beat up and covered in blood. Yeah, but but like, if that is the case. Like, he thought it was someone else. And then he leans forward I, and she's like, you? I hear you, Bogey. I hear you loud and clear. But if that is the case, Veronica's a detective uh-huh. and needs to learn... <laughs> To rein in her conclusions until she has all the facts. Because if she's just saying, I hope it would be you to any shadowy figure that's come to her door. I mean, she's just, in. she's setting herself up for disaster is all I'm saying. You're right. She knew it was Logan, but I still like the idea that she did it. It could have been Lamb. She would never say I was hoping it was you. It could have been. It could have been Jake Keith. Jake Keith, Jake, Leo, Jake Um, Okay, so but it's not. It's Logan. He's covered in. Be- he's all beat up, mm-hmm. and he lays across Veronica. Which I think the difference in size between Kristen Bell and Jason <laughs> doesn't bother me like ninety nine percent of the time. Right? She's a Spitfire, but she's taller. He's a tall drink of water. Uh-huh. But in shot and i think we'll see maybe one in the third season when he is lay across the couch and she's like cradling him she is so like he's so pushing her well he makes the furniture look small like yes that's true <laughs> let alone her like this is this is the beginning of this is the beginning of big ass jason doring you know he's not full bore huge fucking jason doring oh yeah he eventually gets super jacked but he's, so he's not super jacked yet but even so it's just like this weird and again it strikes me and i know that it's partly like they're building a tableau right um uh-huh. of of him like laying across but every time i'm like he is huge and she is tiny she it's... cannot cradle him it's too big it's like it's... it's like that shirt that you have it's like the end of i love you forever i like you forever <laughs> Grandma is trying to hold her son. He's too big for this. <laughs> oh my god! Well, I will say in Logan's defense, at least he came to the front door and didn't use a ladder to crawl in through the window. <laughs> There's some creepiness, and I like you forever, love you for always, as long as I'm living here, my baby will be. But I think the book is just called "I Love You Forever." Um, I, I would, ha- yeah, I would have to Google it. It has been a long time since I read that. Um. But uh, like, I walk. <laughs> he's too big, but he is in pain and he has a story to tell. Yes. And his story is that we got flashbacks to the end of the season, which we saw. I don't think we saw him kick Weevil in the head. But we no, saw I... him do this like weird thing. He's standing on the bridge where his mother committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And he's like doing these weird like arm motions like a kung fu movie. Yeah, it's kind of, it's got like a Matrix vibe. I can't remember. Does he do the yeah. finger waggle like, uh, like Neo? Okay, there you go. He calls them to him. And at that point, Weevil 
because Veronica's instincts weren't quite perfect at the end of last season, mm-hmm. Weevil has reason to think that at this point that Logan killed Lily. Yes. Um, so Weevil is out for blood. Weevil is very bad. Um, and, <laughs> and so they go to attack and Logan kicks Weevil in the head and knocks him out cold. Yep. Pretty fucked up. It's um, kind of it's kind of hilarious. I mean, Weevil left himself open to that. <laughs> I'm not victim blaming by any means, but you get get those hands. Up. I understand. Yes, get your hands up. And honestly, you're right. And and if you're the leader, you should probably you, you should not be the first line of defense. Oh, Someone too old school. It's it's like too chivalrous. Send yeah, in the first no. wave. Exactly. Um, but. Once he Weevil is knocked out, the essentially the bikers descend and jump Logan. He mm-hmm. loses consciousness. And when he wakes up, Felix is stabbed to death. And a knife is in his hand or just on the uh, in his hand? It's in his hand, yeah. It's in his hand and because the uh the guy who wakes him up and calls the police is like specifically like, hey, drop the knife, you know. So he's got right. oh now a witness against him. Not in the act of stabbing Felix to death, but at least, you know, with a bloody knife in his hand, laying on the bridge with a corpse next to him. And that's yeah, a pretty not a good look. It's not a good look. And so he, according to him, throws the knife into the ocean and jumps in his car and immediately heads to Veronica's house. And while in the car which we don't see this, but this would have been pretty fucked up for us to watch mm. in the car listens to the news saying that Aaron Eccles murdered Lily Kane. Oh my God. Yeah. He's having I, a bad night now. It's a very bad night. I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, cause we we don't leave any stones unturned on this show. No, absolutely not. Look, um, there's no the, time to not talk about every detail. No, we've got time. We're in, we're in quarantine. What are we doing? <laughs> um, got a hot day tonight? No, it could be anytime. Um, <laughs> so it's very reminiscent to me, or I think it's evocative of The Outsiders. Did you ever see the movie or read the book The Outsiders? No, I've only okay. I'm familiar with it. I'm uh, I've seen Rumblefish. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah. It's so weird that you've seen like the weird sort of spinoff, but not the movie. I mean, but okay, we've so- also talked about the fact that my favorite slasher movie of all time is Sleepaway Camp 2, and I will never watch Sleepaway Camp 1. Yeah, you're an odd duck, dude. <laughs> um, okay, so, so tell me about The Outsiders. Outsiders is... It's very, I think you would like the movie. I know you'll never see it because you've already seen the lesser known one. (laughs) Um, But it is the 60s and there are two rival gangs, the Greases, the Greasers and the Soches. And the Soches are like the rich. It's essentially like the O-Niners versus uh, the Mm -hmm. non-O-Niners. PCHers. Uh, PCHers, yes, thank you. Um, so it's like the two gangs, um, and there's a big, there are a few rumbles, but there's a big fight and in it, um, the Soches are trying, are essentially like drowning 
one of the greasers oh, and another geez. one of the greasers stabs one of the socias to death who is killing trying to kill his friend or is drowning his friend mm-hmm. and i think also has like a blackout where he like wakes up and he has a knife or you know what okay wait i'm lying the guy who's <laughs> drowning sort of pat blacks out and when he wakes up he sees his friend has the knife and the other guy is dead ah uh, so okay it's a gotcha bit, it's a little a little bit makes more sense mm-hmm. than blacking out while you're killing someone but anyway it's very but similar. it's like taking a lot of it's like taking a lot of story elements and putting them in a yahtzee cup like i see where you got there 100 percent. yes um and it's this thing too of like what does it do culturally now that was different because it was the the bad the kid from the wrong side of the tracks killed one of the like upstanding white kids mm-hmm. um and he had to go, they had to go on a run and then they save school children from a fire. It's a whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very similar to this. And then the, the like class warfare element is, you know, that's one of the primary themes of the outsiders, but it's also becomes a primary theme of this season of, of Veronica Mars. In oh, a way yeah. that the first season is there, but this season, all that stuff is cranked up. Mm-hmm. Partially Logan is a monster person. Yeah, well, like the example that Veronica gives in her little in her flashbacks, like it's she takes it seriously, and it's like the inciting mm-hmm. incident that leads her to break up with Logan, or it's one of many incidents, I guess. Yeah. Um, but them setting the community, so Beaver, Dick, and Logan get together for a fun little after-school prank, which is committing arson of a community pool i mean that's like a that is a very serious prank it's not like a small time like class war that's happening in neptune like this stuff's getting real doing that prank when no one's at the pool is property crime Mm -hmm. i mean it has consequences but it's not like they set it on fire where there were kids inside the pool (laughs) that's true that would be worse Mm-hmm. But as a result, the pool is closed all summer. Mm-hmm. And only the rich kids get to hang out in their cool private pools with their wicked awesome stepmoms. Ugh. I I love Kendall, but also she's so gross. She's so gross. She is super gross, but also I gotta say, she is out there and she's doing it for herself. And she's getting what's hers. And you know what? Modern day role model. That's your whole modern day role model? Modern day role model. You know, she's not getting off on turning on teenage boys. She's a grown woman. And then she has sex with one of them. Yep. She makes a career for herself of Oh, excuse me. Can you? Sorry. Oh my did you? Goodness, I, that made it on Mike. <laughs> that made it on Mike. You're famous now, sir. Are you doing something mean to him? So I. Uh, okay. I have a new like office set up where uh-huh. now my computer and like the uh, keyboard and stuff are set up in a different room. And when I'm in here okay. for too long, he gets upset. Aw. Yeah. He just loves you so much. I know. He can't. He can't get enough of me, baby. Um, what was I doing? Like scrambling to justify my love for yeah. <laughs> Kendall Casablancas? <Let's... laughs> 
you want to you want to just move on from there and just uh we'll get back to it we'll circle back there's too much for us to ignore it for too long and i love her too but but she's no better than sheriff lamb like she's not a good person she's better than sheriff lamb sheriff lamb uses his position of power to actively victimize like re-victimize rape victims. That's like his favorite thing to do. Sheriff Lamb is objectively worse than fucking Kendall. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. She's statutory raping a kid. But let's She go. is. She is statutory raping a kid. Though they do make who someone turns 18 in this episode. Is it Duncan? Duncan? No, Veronica turns 18. Um Which also because... Yeah. That's when uh, that's when Duncan finally asks her out. Because yes, I know okay. we mentioned already that Veronica is dating Logan at the beginning of this. Yeah, spoiler, Colin. Well, she may not be dating him by the end of the All second right. act. <laughs> there are a lot of references throughout the episode because we do we have a ton of flashbacks. But in modern yeah. times, there's a lot of references to your. Your rich boyfriend's here. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you have a rich boyfriend. You don't have time. You have an 09er boyfriend. So, mm-hmm. and the implication is definitely that she is dating Logan, but we watch in the flashbacks as their relationship starts to crumble. It starts with they have like super flirty, but like very like joking about her dad shooting him for play. <laughs> Which is very on brand for Veronica, but it is like, oh, Veronica. I mean, uh, yeah. What else do you talk about in the back of a bright yellow Nissan Xterra? <laughs> I, you know what? I wouldn't know. I was never invited. <laughs> uh, but while they're back there, someone shoots out the windows. Yeah. And then you hear the kickback of a motorcycle speed away. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's clues. Oh, there's 100% clues. Well, and... Yeah, there's but she doesn't look out the she doesn't look out the shattered window and say, "I was hoping it would be you who tried to kill me." <laughs> of all the boys in all the land, um, <laughs> uh, but that so that's like strike one, and then strike two is Logan's pursuit of this, and she stands by Logan as he is acquitted mm-hmm. of, or I guess is it the arraignment? I don't know what phase they got into. But as he is not, the charges are dropped on him. Right. Uh, charges are dropped for Felix's murder because right. the witness disappears and um, there's no evidence, really. Yeah, it would have been a grand jury because the uh, DA decides to not bring up charges whatsoever. So Felix just, no one is charged for the murder of Felix. A teenage, a high school kid goes out one night. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what he was up to, it, by the end of the night, he is stabbed to death on a bridge, and then no one is ever charged. And that's, again, fucking business as usual for Sheriff Don Lamb, if you ask me. Yes. And if I were in that place, I feel like I would be very bad about mm. it. It's not cool. Um, and it does seem like Logan is getting off for committing a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Veronica's with him. She's warming up the backseat of his limo as they leave. Uh, you know, leave the courthouse and all that. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know, Veronica. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel really bad for her because mm-hmm. she does. I think she wants Logan to be a good person. Right. And she wants the two of them to like be on a path together. But he has always had dickhead racist tendencies Mm -hmm. and And violent ones as well and violent ones and so she's ignored them for a while but she can't really ignore them forever Mm -hmm. and so she breaks up with him and he freaks out at her yeah and he uh he starts smashing lamps and screaming and then he gets a healthy dose of papa mars in his face which he needs he yeah he does he needed it um (laughs) So Logan's out. Yep. Who could they be? T- but they keep talking about a rich boyfriend. Is Troy back in town? <laughs> Did Leo that win the lottery? <laughs> um, no, it's the original. The love that brought this podcast. Come on now, shoot it together. Yeah. We get a Vonut. Yes, we get a Veronica and Duncan. He he starts hanging out at her job, mm. which is not always the best thing, but she likes it. But I don't know. You know, you don't always want someone hanging out at your job. Every um, day. She, the way she glosses over some of the details in the voiceover uh-huh. really struck me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Duncan says that he'd been hanging out at the Java Hut every day since even before I started working there. If that's true. I guess you'd have to ask him. I was completely devoted to Logan. That's um, right. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. uh-huh. There's so much in this episode. We are only talking about the things that didn't happen during this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but that's like a third of the episode. It is, but like plot-wise, we have, we have the story of the week. We have an entire mystery of the week. Yeah. Plus, we have a huge season beginning mystery that gets started mm-hmm. without right. telling us that it's happening. I mean, but the way they did this episode, it's like, it's impossible to break down. Like, okay, I have a proposal. Okay. Let's bang out. Let's bang out the mystery of the week real quick. So we can just put that aside and talk about the flashbacks and the, what will become our, uh, our main mystery this year. Because that's really Sounds what I want to talk about. I want to get to Shark right, Stadium. Right. Okay. We got, okay, it's going to take us a little bit. Okay, we, meet, we see Wallace. We haven't seen him all summer. He mm-hmm. says to Veronica, no does Sherlock. It's really cute. Never changed Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> um, turns out Wallace's test has also been fucked up. Wallace's test was also uh, mislabeled as positive drug test. Mm-hmm. So... Now Veronica's like, yeah, you pulled me back in. I will. This is it. I will be- That's I right, because where she will not do a case for Calvin the bully, she will do any case if Wallace is involved. So, yes, true besties. Wallace is her true bestie. Okay, we get introduced to, and I'm going to gloss over this fact, but we can dip, dip back into it if you feel like it's something we need to talk about now, but I mm-hmm. know we'll get to talk about it more later. Yes. Uh, Butters. We meet Butters for the first time, who is- yes. uh, a 
put upon a bullied jerk. And we all know bullied jerks. This is this is an archetype as old as bullies. I am I am a lifelong bullied jerk. You're never I've never seen you be that much of a jerk, but I could see you doing it in the in high school. (laughs) Since I've known you, you have not had this kind of a chip on your shoulder. Because part of the bullied jerk archetype is you are a jerk to people who didn't bully you. Yeah. It's like he's he's antisocial and he blames it sort of on having been bullied, but it's like also you're an asshole. Like you are both bullied and an asshole. Yes, it is absolutely a snake eating its own tail uh, yeah. with Vincent. Um, and he, uh, you know, he is not fun or nice to be around, but he also shouldn't have got pants. But that's the, so Veronica gets oh, the lead. Bullying is bad. I'm sorry if I sounded like I was pro-bully. I'm anti-bully. <laughs> but if you were a jerk, you're not you treating people who didn't bully bully you badly. Mm-hmm. You don't get a pass because someone else bullied you. You're just right. passing along assholeness. And you know what he's doing? He's giving up all of his valuable victim cachet. Come 100%. on, man. Get you the sympathy. Get yeah. the get the nerdy art class girls to like come and talk to you after a bullying session and then you could be you like, know? "Well, you know who could teach him a thing or two? Who's that? Beaver. Beaver does the, <laughs> Beaver does the like, sad eyes. My brother's so mean to me. I He's guess I'll just stay home and knit that. or something. Oh, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll do something traditionally feminine. <laughs> I, guess I'll just, I, I guess I'll just <laughs> fall asleep while watching surf ska tapes and eating popcorn. <laughs> Yeah, he set himself up for that shit. Um, <laughs> Big Dick had to put him in line. Yeah, so we t- we see all kinds of bullying, but I yeah, mm. I feel like Beaver engenders a different kind of empathy because he doesn't use it to lash out. He doesn't use it as like a reason to be antisocial and mean to people. As far as we know, right. Yeah, I'm talking about in the episodes, normal is the watchword and... <laughs> And Driver Ed, as well as all the episodes. I mean, we do know that he was he was creepy with Veronica. Yeah. And he like, but he tells her the story, whatever. So yeah, he is not, I'm not saying Beaver is an admirable person. It's just the Butters, people like Butters bug me in life. I totally. guess that's really what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, especially because I'm not a bully. I don't want to have to deal with the repercussions of other people being bullies. <laughs> right. You're getting the, you're getting the splashback from the yeah. fact that Calvin victimized Vincent, which is actually yeah. Veronica's first theory in the drug test case. That yeah, which is not a bad one, especially because everyone was laughing at butters, which means when Wallace is the one telling the story, Wallace has to admit he was one of the people laughing at butters. So yes. everyone made fun of Vincent. You're right. I should call him Vincent. I'm part of the problem. <laughs> well, um, and what also we bombshell. Oh, yeah, please. Yes, tell me the bombshell. He's got an affluent father. Is that what you were going to say? I wouldn't call, is he, do you think he's affluent? I would uh, say he's he, powerful. Okay, he has an author, a, a, a father in a place of authority at Neptune yeah. High. Yes. Who has reason to hate Veronica? Mm-hmm. 
they definitely clash. Yes. So, um, so that was, that's a fun new character. And it's funny. I know. I know not to get too ahead of myself. Like that will the Butters character with his relationship with Clemens is gonna mm-hmm. become like a really great and fun thing. But in this episode, I noticed like they introduce it and then they put it away and it doesn't come up again. I feel like they wrote because there's other things that come up. So in the okay, let's and and I we still didn't get through this plot line because I, I know we can't do thing. anything fast. <laughs> I know we're not capable. Okay, but in this plot line, okay, so now guess who else got a positive drug test? Who would never do drugs? Meg. Aww. Sweet Angel Meg, who is being a jerk, but still Sweet Angel. And I still am on Team Meg. I totally justified. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's totally justified, but it's also, it's one of those things where it's like, Veronica, she doesn't owe it to you for this to be okay. You need to let yeah. this go. Absolutely. Like your friendship, yeah. Your friend, no one, one can steal your boyfriend, but you don't have to be friends with the person that your boyfriend starts dating a week after you guys break up either. It's the same yes. justification that I used to defend Veronica when she was chilly to Meg when her and Duncan were dating. They've just flipped. Right. They've just flip flopped. They just flipped, and neither is showing empathy for the other's position. So <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> so I'm with you. They just flipped. It's I think Meg is fine. Now what's sad to me about Meg is it doesn't seem like she has a group of friends. So that's mm-hmm. a bummer in my heart to Meg, but that is not that's not Veronica's problem or and Veronica if she doesn't want to be friends with you, she doesn't owe you anything. Right. She doesn't and, have to be your friend. And if you take cheerleading away from Meg, you know, that's a, I imagine one of her huge social interactions she does well actually no she does theater and the uh av team as well yeah oh, meg's gonna be fine honestly what can right. happen to meg meg's fine you're you're such a jerk um <laughs> okay she has such then... a bright future is what i'm saying mogi okay. like sure high school can sometimes be hard but once you're out of right. high school everything for a bright young kid that's right. She has one more year to go, and then her life is she's just going to be. Yeah, she's playing the Mountain Goat song over and over this year. Just over, like <laughs> you can make it through this year. Um, if it kills me. Okay, so. Oh, okay, so then, Veronica gets pictures of all of the people who got positive drug tests. Very important question: How did she get a smiling picture from Meg? <laughs> <laughs> right, because she does interview them for about five seconds, takes their picture from one foot away with a long lens, as Veronica is one to do, uh, want to do. And uh, <laughs> yeah, she didn't she didn't use that technique with Meg. It's got to be from the yearbook or something, right? Yeah, it must be an old pic, but it's just really oh, funny because I've got the scenario. So this is while this is around the time, like right after the uh, 80s theme dance when um, Meg went with Duncan or she met Duncan there. Right. And then um, Veronica met a 23 year old there um, around that time. Like she got her glamour shots done for the yearbook and then gave okay. Veronica like a couple of copies because she wanted her to like give an opinion on which one to go with that's exactly what happened and veronica saved it so that she could use her for an alignup and it that's right. 
It's uh, played out. And Wallace is not an office aide this year, but he did steal the key. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a cute little moment, a little meta-ish moment, when Veronica is talking about breaking into this, the school records and editing them. And Wallace is like, I was wondering where we were going to draw the ethical line this year. <laughs> I bet that's an ongoing conversation in the writer's room of the show Veronica Mars. <laughs> uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's um, great. Okay, what is Walt and Little Wacker? What? <laughs> That's a note I wrote. So I wrote that Logan is, here are my notes. Logan is so romantic, but also dangerous AF. Then I wrote Walt and Lil, oh, that's what it is. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just imagining how concerned I would be as a parent if I was snooping through my daughter's diary and found Logan is so romantic, but also dangerous AF. Honestly, you should be worried. All parents should read their children's diaries if if a Logan is in the mix. He is trouble. Oh, also, okay. So there's a scene. And I think it's in the flashback about how Duncan and Logan aren't really ta- aren't really friends. And mm-hmm. Veronica's like, I guess that's what happens when your best friend dates your ex. But now, doesn't doesn't I, understand Meg's position. Yeah, great point. That's great. One point two point two is I know Veronica, you've closed the book on the Lily Kane murder investigation in your mind, and you compartmentalized really effectively. But do you think there might be something else between Duncan and Logan when Logan's father was is in prison <laughs> for murdering Duncan's sister and Duncan's parents had to leave town to get away from the, the commotion about it? You think there might be something else between Logan and Duncan that has nothing to do with you? You think it's possible? Well, and they both do the little shitty, like, um, they're, like, using Veronica as a little chip against each other. Yeah. Like... When Logan, when Veronica's serving Duncan at the coffee shop and Logan comes in and he doesn't like grin and look at Duncan, which I was expecting him to, but he full on stops and kisses her and she's uncomfortable and doesn't want it to happen. But he's like, you know what? I'm fucking Logan and I kiss my girlfriend wherever I am, whenever I want. And then at the bus later, once the tide has turned, Logan gets the same treatment from Duncan. Just of course I want to talk about the bus. No, we don't we have gotta... to talk about the bus. Hey, loads of fun, Mogi. Boatloads of fun. Boatloads of fun corp is run by Walt and Lil Wacker. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's who they are. They're two of the parents in the, in the thing. So essentially, okay. a group of parents, second string kids, kids who are second string in their sports, inspired mm-hmm. uh, together to get all of the first string kids or several French first starting players to go positive with their drug test. And so that not, none of them could play so that these other people could get their playing time. That's the whole plot. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Veronica proves it. Clemens does, is there. She does good detective work. I like that scene when she's got the whiteboard with all the pictures and she just process of elimination puts like part one to part two and part three to part four. And just like, you know, really lays it all out there with the help of Keith Mars. Yeah, and and Keith helps her. Yeah. Figure it out. 
So that's very that's good. an important okay. lesson for her to learn. Like if you just ask Keith for help, he will give it to you. Like, that is a good lesson for her to, to learn. Up. It's not a great thing for Alicia to maybe someday find out that all that Veronica has to do is they don't tell Wallace's mom and Keith's like, okay, as long as I'm on the inside. <laughs> it's like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> poor Alicia. Still dating. Alicia got a ton of lip service for not being in this episode. Yes, that's true. But it's okay. I mean, I don't, I want Keith to have more significant storylines in the future, but there's so much to set up in these two episodes that I'm okay that Keith hasn't had a storyline yet. Like he will get one, but let's, I'm okay that he's just on dates in the background. Like, it's fine. Let's let him be happy with Alicia (laughs) right now before uh, anything else happens with him. Yeah. Um, but so I want to take a quick. Okay. Oh yeah, no go ahead. Take a detour to when we meet Kendall Casablancas. She yeah. is maybe the hottest person we've seen on this show. Mm-hmm. Like she's just a super babe. Yeah. She she shows up, talks in like a sexy voice. All the boys get boners. It's very awkward. Um, <laughs> she jumps into the. She t- drops her her towel her uh, robe and dives into the pool you see her little tramp stamp she's just ultimate babe whatever it's you know what i love about it it's um charisma carpenter like being allowed to be a fucking stunning adult woman because all through her like early 30s she had to pretend to be a high school kid a high school kid and then like a sword they they very much i feel like were on Angel tempering her her hotness. Yeah, she never yeah. got to be her full hotness on that show. Partially because mm-hmm. the character she's playing and the arc that that character had, and then things got crazy weird with the arc that the character had. But like, she never just got to be like the hottest human in town. And mm-hmm. in that, she is just legitimately the hottest human. Um, I what do you think about the interesting high five that the boys give each other? <laughs> Um, I mean, I'm hesitant to say, uh, boys being boys, but I will say that between them, this is not the greatest crime they've ever committed. What do you think about UPN not catching that? All right, wait, tell me more. What, what are you talking about? The, okay, so Dick's like, hey, let's go do something tonight. And Logan's like, I got plans. Oh, yes, yes, yes. With his hands. Which, if you're not familiar, familiar, the shocker fingers are your first two fingers out, your ring yeah. finger down, and your middle finger out, or sorry, your pinky finger out, so you can stick it in a butt while your other two fingers go in a, a vagina. Yes. So um, it's a pretty dirty hand gesture. How did One that might- slide? I would say because uh, just a few short years before that, Dane Cook uh, made that hand gesture mainstream. It's a different, it's a different hand gesture, dude. He doesn't do the shocker? He does two fingers down in the middle. Oh, that's just like rock and roll. Hold on. I thought Dane Cook's whole thing was it. I thought it was, okay. I'm looking up Dane Cook hand gesture. I'm looking up Dane Cook shocker. It's a reverse of the shocker. It's sort of a reverse. You could use it to stick in vaginas and probably everyone would still have fun, but it's the mm. middle two fingers straight out. There's no, there's no, well, there's no stink. 
There's, there's <laughs> unless, unless, oh, he's got the thumbs out. Me? The thumbs are out. The thumb is for the stink. Oh my God, Ben, what is, okay. You think and Dane he, Cook's ignoring the stink? Okay, th- you're right. Thumb is out, middle finger and ring hand. I'm sorry if you got your ears grossed out because I don't usually get this gross, but the show made me do it. Think about this, Colin. <laughs> Think yeah. about the knuckle on the, the index f- finger. The knuckle of the English for where is that comfortably resting? Well, so uh, I'm doing it now at home. Uh huh. Not literally. I- not literally. <laughs> uh, Silvio came back in the room. No. No. no! glad you said it i wasn't gonna make the joke but i did think it okay <laughs> uh, okay here's the thing so to do it you actually have to bend it into a u-shape right oh are you sure. following along at home that's so right. basically yeah, that's like a depth that's like a depth stopper it's like your uh it's, that's your your pace car and that just bounces yeah. against the taint and you know right. keeps uh keeps it to a two knuckle keeps it to a two knuckle situation Colin, if you make the U with your hand, you might as well be holding a bowling ball. And everyone knows that holding a bowling ball is just like fingering and sticking a finger and a thumb in a butt. Yeah, that is, if you remove the knuckle from the equation, then you're doing the uh, the too sweet. Um, but that's, but the shocker, theoretically, when gestured, mm-hmm. is not meant that you're supposed to bend your hand in any way. No, shocker is shocker. You line up for a shot like you're playing pool, which is what these boys did. <laughs> and it was kind of gross, but also shock. Uh, I'm honestly shocked that it didn't get called. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I didn't even think about it, but to be fair, we got way grosser with it just now. So I'm gonna give them a with- pass. All over America, people got gross after that scene. And also to be also fair to the show and to the censors in the first season, Veronica does a thing where she is talking to Weevil and she says shocker and does like a hand gesture. That's the wrong hand gesture. And he's like, he corrects her. Mm-hmm. Like Shocker. And he's like, that's not how the fingers go. That's hilarious. It must've been something where it was like a joke in the room and when they found out they could get away with it, they just wanted to try again. It's just wild to me that they got away with it. Every time I watch this episode, I'm like, that's wild that nobody just was like, ah. Anyway. All good. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Logan, what a, another thing about that pool scene, though, real quick. Yes. Is Logan shoots a little fucking bad boy charm her way. In the form of asking for a Rice Krispie treat. Uh huh. And he's like, she's like, make it for yourself, kid. Mm hmm. I don't know. That's it. I didn't have a point to it, I guess. Just Logan. Oh. Logan's kind of hot. All right. I guess that's the only point. He is hot, but he is bad. <laughs> he is. He's so romantic, but dangerous AF. <laughs> he's a bad boy. I also wrote that these are the trolliest O-Niners. So. <laughs> Do that information what you will. Okay, but now Veronica has revealed the bad guy. She's turned them into Principal Vice Principal Clements. All the people who didn't really have bad have all the everybody's drugs tests are back to normal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so episode ends. So that was a really good episode. Um was there anything oh, you no, wanted no, to show? No, that was like that was like one third of the episode, Mogi. 
There was like oh, still yeah. so Flashback. much. Boyfriend. Okay, cool. We'll okay, that was like another. That was like another third of it. There is still one third to go, and it all starts in the journalism class of Miss Dumas. <laughs> I like Miss Dumas. I like Miss Dumas too. I mean, you know, was she? she... Get that I know. Am I remembering my um my Veronica Mars folklore correctly? She was an America's Next Top Model contestant i believe so like she won that role i don't know if she won the role because another we've had we had a different person win i'm looking it up (laughs) she definitely was on um, antm the question my mind is is she the one did she win this part on a tv show on the tv show or did she get cast Right, because I know I know in the throughout Veronica Mars, there was at least one person who was like on a real who on that reality show, and like the competition was to do this thing, and if you win, you get to be on a CW scripted show. But I couldn't remember if that was her or not. I think her name is Nama. and she wasn't America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how do we find out this history. <laughs> uh, Kim Stoltz. Stoltz also had a small role on an episode of the UPN series Veronica Mars as part of a challenge to win America's Next Top Model. All right, let me now. Let me click on that link. That is not her. Yeah. Yes. So I think that was also happened. So this, I think, she got cast, but maybe. You know, I think maybe UPN. I mean, if you remember in the season one, we had Paris Hilton in episode two. So yeah, I think it is stuck casting, but not uh, really a prize. Yeah. Okay. Well, fun side note about Kim Stoltz. If you go to her Wikipedia, her like thumbnail photo was her speaking uh-huh. at an equal uh, marriage um, rally in New York in 2008. So good for Kim Stoltz. Yeah. Um, Gotta use that celebrity. Okay, oh, have we talked about how Logan's a bad boy? Because he's such a bad boy. <laughs> that he... You go on. He's very rude to Duncan and Veronica as they're getting ready to... He, like, kind of physically blocks them from getting on the bus to go on the journalism field trip to the uh, Shark Stadium. What's he even local. doing by the bus? He's not going on that field trip. He's just hanging around by the bus. and oh, then just, like, stalking. Run- He's skulking, but who knows what he was doing right before they walked by. And then Veronica, he looks in Veronica deep in the eyes in like a very faux, authentic way. Like, I don't know how to describe it. It's not fake, but it's not real. But it's like faux earnest. And he says, I'm going to miss you. It is so creepy. Like, yes. if your ex is to say, I'm going to miss you, like, you know, what, 10 weeks after you've broken up, um, there are ways that you can do that, and it doesn't seem horrifying. Logan chose one of the ways that is straight up fucking creepy as shit. It's so creepy. I cannot perceive it as anything but a direct threat on her life. I okay. There's different ways to read it. 
what happens at the end of the episode definitely colors how it sounds. Okay. Threat. I think it's more about taking the soft feelings he used to have with her and mocking them to her in oh. order to get himself from it. So he's like, oh, I never really loved you. Like, look at me. I can pretend to care about you. Yeah. And, the, and also, but also knowing he's he's like twisting the knife for her because she did genuinely care about him. It's not she wasn't just like having cheap thrills with a bad boy. Mm-hmm. He's like mocking her and himself in the past of how they used to care about it. Like it's either way, it's manipulative and gross. It's not as gross as what he does to her in the next episode. Mm-hmm. In terms of. I mean, but it maybe it is a direct threat that he's going to murder her. Yeah. So it's gross that way. <laughs> it's so icky. It's, it's pretty icky that he maybe killed her or maybe tried to kill her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so he he says he says that Duncan and Veronica are like, all right, whatever. Let's get on the bus. Let's like hang out with our BFF Dick, who totally approves of me and has no judgments about Duncan dating me. Um, that's cute. He do- we see Dick do that both while she's with Logan, him like go out of his way to be like, I have no problem with Veronica. I respect and value her. And he does the same thing with Duncan. It's, it's, it's very Dick of him, but also mm-hmm. shows that he's capable of learning how to pretend to be human. Well, and he's doing it in a way that's like, of course, I have a problem with Veronica. We've been enemies. But what he's saying is like, I'm a good time boy. And if Veronica's be gonna be around for good times, like cool, then good times. Like he doesn't yeah. give a shit. It's like just be well, fun. The O-9ers seem to resent Veronica as much as like Weevil has a problem with Veronica. Mm-hmm. But O'Niners Calvin has a problem with Veronica. Yes. But like the O'Niners are in their fake, but they're willing to accept her because Logan and Duncan have accepted her. Which mm-hmm. is pretty gross, but uh mm-hmm. the show's a lot of gross stuff. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you've been trying to get this. You've been trying to get to Shark Stadium all episode. We're finally there. And you know what we find? The Goot! Oh, the Goot. goot. Oh, yes. <laughs> what? You don't call him the Goot? We're gonna, this is going to be a long season if you don't call him the Goot. I mean, you know I'm what? I'm, I, I am adapting and adopting the Goot. Okay. The Goot. Yes, we get the Goot giving uh, a horribly awkward speech to a group of teenagers about how his teenage daughter is a pretty cool dude. <laughs> it's really cute. And honestly, <laughs> she's adorable. And it's I funny because play it's Kristen Ritter, who go who has gone on to play very different characters. She played the B the titular B in Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment. <laughs> Uh, underrated if that's streaming anywhere go ahead and watch it but also she was jessica jones in jessica jones where she was also very good but very different than gia gia is like sweet and kind of dumb but like at least seems to kind to know how things work Mm -hmm. and is like earnest like you can trust that what she's saying is what she's thinking yeah i mean i know we were just talking about my favorite good time boy but i would say she's top tier good time girl like she wants to have fun. She wants to like be like have a cute outfit and like it's not a statement, you guys. Like I'm just like trying to like make friends and you know be nice. And yeah. she's smiling and 
Dick hits on her in a hilariously gross way. And she's like, oh, yeah, like, that is cute. Like, I don't know. I love Gia. She warms my heart. Yes. Well, I think Dick is a lot more likely to be mean to other people for his own joy. And I don't think Mm. that's really a thing. She's not trying to hurt people. Right. Whereas as much as Dick is a good time boy, like, some of his good times is humiliating other people. That's true. And in only situation I could see Gia like being mean to someone would be out of like loyalty to like a group of bad girls, you know? Yeah. Like Gia will fold to peer pressure because, you know, she is friendly, but doesn't like crave status, but will, I think needs it in a way. And so like, if someone, if she were to like fall in with Madison Sinclair, like, I think she could become a toady for that sort of mean meanness. Yeah, we're away from Madison. Keep Madison away from me. Wow. Bruce <laughs> um, is very sassy to Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Or is it Duncan? I'm trying to remember who is the one. Is it Beaver? One of them is like, yeah, too bad you're pitching. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's uh that's beef. But the goot uh owns up to it. He's like, look, yeah, it's, look, kid, it's the nineties. Fucking steroids saved Major League Baseball, and it is all about the long ball. <laughs> it's adorable. Um Duncan fills up at the, <laughs> at the- <laughs> Oh, yep, Veronica hits him with a little food shame. He snaps back <laughs> with a little body uh-huh. shame. It's <laughs> it's very it's still, I think that this is as much as like I understand I do understand Veronica uh Logan Shippers. I do get you, right? But there is mm-hmm. something very sweet and comfortable about Duncan and Veronica's relationship. Like they fall yeah. into a rhythm. They really they like each other. Yeah, they do. And they're nice to each other and they can hang out and have a conversation that isn't about a murderous conspiracy which she needs that she needs work-life balance yeah she does uh because a big conspiracy is about to uh come for her mm-hmm. but she doesn't know that and then duncan's like hey let's go ride with the rich kids yes dick sets it up because the uh the bus is stinky yeah, he doesn't want to deal with the stink mm-hmm. it smells like poor kids on that bus and so veronica's like no i'm gonna try to ride with Meg and make her like me, and it's like stop trying. Meg is mm-hmm. literally never like just give <laughs> up. Over, you're dating her ex boyfriend. Not interested in this. Um, yeah, but Veronica decides she's going to ride on the bus, even though all the O Niners are taking a limo back. Miss Dumas, new teacher, but a bad teacher. Um, you cannot let students ride away no, from a field trip yeah. in a private vehicle if they came on a bus. That's such a clear liability thing. I've never even worked in a school. Now, what you could do is like if if Big Dick showed up and said I'm taking my kids home from this field trip mm-hmm. you can like release kids to their parents, but you're right. You can't just like let ki- let kids ride in a limo well, I mean, I know this is now, you know, a post 9-11 world that we live in, but I feel like you can't even do that shit. Because I know uh, 
I've had friends who have had, there's a lot of protocols nowadays about getting a kid out of a school. Like, it's not just like when we were kids and you can, you know. Yeah, I guess I was intimating that someone like Big Dick Casablancas would just do whatever he wanted and she wouldn't have the guts. No, she can't even stand up to little Dick Casablancas. (laughs) No, or even Beeve. She's she's got nothing. Um, so they stop at a gas station as you know, how that always happens on field trips. <laughs> you stop at the gas station once you can go to the convenience store. Uh-huh. Just like totally normal. Never. Now, <laughs> like, I think when we drove, cause at one point I went in middle school, I went on a field trip from Maryland where I'm from mm-hmm. to Quebec. So I'm sure oh, we wow. stopped for gas that trip i'm i'm sure but it was well, never like go hang out by go go chill while we fill up yeah well when i was uh taking the the grade school class trip to the state capital that was we stopped for <laughs> we stopped for hometown buffet but we didn't get cool. to just not get back on the bus because we found a cooler car to take us the rest of the way to Springfield, Illinois. You know what? Honestly, though, that's the real. So she screws up when she lets the rich kids on the bus. It's her screw up with Veronica is significantly worse. To yes. Me. You should yeah, know she doesn't even have a proper head count. Yeah, she should have a head count or have everyone on the buddy system, which I think she tr- and I, again, I would trust Meg too. She's a baby angel. But like. Mm-hmm. But like, that's where the fact that Veronica is able to miss the bus home mm-hmm. is crazy. Uh, but she does. She misses the bus. The bus leaves without her. Meg <laughs> totally <laughs> takes her over. And it's like, everybody's accounted for. Bye. But Bye. you know what's kind of fun? She misses the bus because of a ghost. She does miss the bus because of a ghost. Isn't that wild? This show is so great that they can just drop in a ghost every once in a while. And like sometimes sometimes they'll justify it with like a medication thing. And then other times they just won't justify it. Yes. I think also the ghost could be read as a metaphor. For what? For her subconscious new weevil is there. That's not how and subconsciouses she, work. That's how psychics work. No, like she saw him, but she didn't register <laughs> in her conscious mind. She saw him. Uh, like okay. So, but yes, I think the show is showing us a ghost, but I think she's being drawn to Weevil, who mm-hmm. loved Lily, just like she loved Lily. Mm-hmm. And didn't murder Lily, or none of her family members murdered, his family members murdered Lily, so that puts him ahead of Logan. Yep. And he he and veronica have completely fallen out they used to be friends and they are straight up not friends yeah it was like a long time ago he is pissed at her he's he yeah thinks he, she, he thinks she has no all of her shit yet last year was just like pretending mm-hmm. and he calls her out at the beginning of season one he's like oh like rich kids don't like you so you're gonna hang out with us now and then boom as soon as he Team Weevil, I think he's right. I think it is at least a keen observation about Veronica's character. I think you're absolutely right. I think that in some ways, 
throughout the series, and not not spoilers, but throughout the series, I think Weevil is able to see Veronica see Veronica's flaws and call her out on them mm-hmm. in a way that nobody else very rarely do other people feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. I think Yeah. I mean Lo I think Duncan likes to just play in Happy Land. He just mm-hmm. wants to he doesn't really want to deal with Veronica's flaws. Keith doesn't really know how to discipline her other than to express disappointment sometimes. But mm-hmm. even then he doesn't maintain boundaries. Mm-hmm. And then Logan that's a whole we'll get into that. But there's a whole there's a whole <laughs> bunch of it. like Weevil sees Veronica's weaknesses yeah. and is afraid to call her out on them. Right. And Wallace will only do it like in instances of like it's specifically betraying him right so like if she does something actionable that it like fucks him up then he'll call her out about it but he'll never be like hey this is a sweeping character flaw of yours that is ongoing and needs to stop and that's that's really the what like you said weevil's the only one who will take that on uh so it's kind of great for her to have that as her con- and her conscience is like a criminal it's kind mm-hmm. of fun oh that is uh, fun whoa there's a metaphor and then he sees the bus is leaving and he ditches her leaves her in the parking lot You're like whoa he really is mad yeah. but of course, he back for her he can't say no to her oh, god veronica she calls wallace and is like what you doing but she doesn't end up having to ask him for a cre- uh, favor um, and then it's just, it just ends, my episode on Hulu just ended with, like, Weevil and Veronica riding off. So it was just Bogey. like, oh, why, does why? something happen? Ah, the worst thing happens! The they worst pull up thing. The worst thing, the thing that will drive every moment of this season. They turn a corner on the PCH. And they, what's that? They've caught up to the limousine already? How is that possible? It's because they pulled over to watch the wreckage of the bus. And it has gone over a cliff! It's so upsetting. They do such a good job. Like, because you really do have this feeling of, because you have the feeling, like, Meg doesn't forgive her, but Weevil does to whatever extent they won't abandon her there. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it is kind of like this, like, kind of quiet moment and she's reflecting on the things Weevil said to her or whatever. And mm-hmm. then you, you hear yells, you hear Gia screaming. Yeah. They're all gone. I think is she's saying, but she's like screaming. He didn't even really- slow down. It just went yeah. over. Oh God. And then we go to the edge and we see, and then of course we get the, the little dunk moment, which I like where, cause Duncan thought she was on that freaking bus. Duncan thought oh, she was dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he grabs her, but she wants to see the wreckage because she's Veronica. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really powerful, whatever, 30 seconds. And then we kind of pull out and I don't know exactly. I can't remember exactly what she says, but it's essentially like, that's Neptune, bub. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like I could barely handle the gravity of the situation. Oh. Because gravity makes things fall. Oh, all right. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, it's it's a crazy end of the episode. It isn't foreshadowed at all. No, it is <laughs> at all. 
It comes out of nowhere. Like it's good. I mean, it's it's not. I'm not saying it's like a plot hole that it's not foreshadowed, but it's like you're watching a show about a girl who was a detective, but then she had a really tough year, so now she's not a detective anymore. But she sometimes does cases for friends. She's got romantic problems. She maybe is on the wrong side of a culture war. But that's not what this season's about at all, really. Yeah, that's all backdrop. <laughs> the season's about a bus crash. Yeah, dude. Oh my god, it's so good. It's it's gobsmacking. The it's gobsmacking. the way they hit you with I, that. And I think we talked about it. I watched the first season live, but I think I but compared to I love the first season, but this season finale, season premiere was such a like what because i didn't read spoilers or anything i'm not a, mm-hmm. i liked the show too much but like i yeah. it, you do not know what is coming until it happens and it is a blow yeah i think that um you know what and that might have informed how much i love season two because uh as i said on earlier episodes i watched mm-hmm. it all on dvd when i was in college and right. the first season was loaned to me, and I loved it. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go out and buy seasons two and three at my local fucking DVD store. And I did. I got it home. I was excited. And then the first episode of season two ends like that. And I, from then, was fucking running through episodes. Yeah. Like, I was so hooked and, like, blown away and couldn't, couldn't imagine. It's such a good sophomore premiere. It is really good. And there is one thing that's also a mystery that we haven't talked about at all, mm-hmm. but it's a weird mystery. Tessa Thompson appears in the credits for the first episode. Wait, she does? Uh-huh. Is she in it? No. Is she just a sparkle in Terrence Cook's eye? I don't know. You do meet Terrence Cook and then very quickly, and we're about to talk about the second episode, so that's not spoilers, but mm-hmm. very quickly you meet her father and you meet their, you see their dynamic and you learn, a, you know, he tell, you know, he exposits a little on her about how they didn't grow up together and stuff. But like, yeah, you meet her dad and she's in, she and Beaver both were added to the credits for the first episode. She must have it might be like a sag thing where like they shot maybe they shot the coffee shop no it couldn't have been the coffee shop scene but maybe they shot a scene with her for that episode that didn't make the cut but because you know like her contract or whatever because she shot a scene she had to be credited i don't know if she and beaver are in every episode of this like sometimes that happens where not people are in the credits and aren't in every episode it just is weird that the first episode Mm Hmm have her but i also i understand because she uh, i totally get why her first storyline is a wallace storyline um like everything that happens with her in the second episode makes sense as how she's introduced and i like that we have enough time to know her um it would have really stuffed extra shit in the first episode that i don't i mean unless you had her for some reason be at shark stadium Right. Yeah, she could have just been like, honestly, she could have just been like through the skybox window when we first see Terrence Cook before we like formally meet him. And like maybe her and Wallace like catch eyes or something like that would have been a good. Oh, Wallace isn't there. So like, I I don't begrudge the show for not giving me Tessa Thompson in the first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Weird that she's in the credits. 
And I yeah. and I can't imagine what it's like for somebody now because this is her. She may have had other roles, but like she wasn't a household name at the time. When oh this no! Show was. So like she's a much bigger star now. So yeah. I think it's also really weird when people watch Veronica. Like I wonder how Patrick felt. Like <laughs> she comes out of nowhere. She's in the tri- the commercial. She's in the opening, but she's not in the show. Like wait, what? Wait, are you okay. suggesting that Tessa Thompson is a more like show-stopping star than the Goot? The Goot isn't in the opening <laughs> credits. He's a guest star. Oh, it's not a big deal. He's a great deal. Um, <laughs> he was really hunky when I was a kid. Like really, in, um, like in Police Academy. I mean, if you rewatch the first Police Academy, he's got a bod. I have never I mean, seen any white- police academy. Yeah, I have never seen any police academy movie, and especially now, given our current political situation, I will never watch a police academy movie. All right, Colin, I knew this was coming. I can't yeah. remember if I said this to you or not. You were right about the police. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not funny, but uh, yeah, uh, deserve the victory moment of victory. <laughs> I was wrong. You were right. A cab. Um, I now, want to just. I I, I propose that we make all police fictional, so you and I can just continue loving them. As long I as they're know, fictional, they're not a problem. Um. And but I will still say, because I believe in honesty and the truth winning out. Mm-hmm. I'm still not with you on stitches. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are time and place where it's appropriate, necessary even, to snitch. Give but, me three examples. Uh, one cop sees another cop beat up a, a suspect. Mm. That's snitch. Snitch like your little heart depends on it. Um, <laughs> you are at home and you see a domestic violence situation in your own home. Snitch it out. Or your neighbor. You see your neighbor have a domestic violence situation. Snitch that shit. Snitch Again, it. Do you see right. I don't know, but snitch it. Um, There's another good snitching situation. Um, oh, oh, what a... Cheating in, in, cheating in professional sports. Snitch cheating it. Cheating in professional sports. Snitch it. Yeah. Someone's throwing a game. Someone's being black socks. Snitch it. Those are three examples. Those are just top of the mind examples. Gotcha. Don't cover for criminals. Well, you never know. That professional sports person who is throwing games may have a, you know, not a legitimate reason, but an important reason to do it. Like, uh, I don't know, all their money is tied up in gambling debts and they need to provide for their daughter. Did you watch Last Dance? No, I haven't watched The Last Dance. Uh, I don't have cable. Um, yeah, my mom has cable, so I used hers to watch on ESPN. Wait, are um, they saying that somehow the Bulls threw okay. games? What, I mean, what, what lots, am I missing? There's lots of rumors about uh, Michael Jordan's gambling, uh, gambling mm-hmm. habit. I don't because I'm not trying to call it an addiction, but like his gambling situation. And how it may have affected different parts of his life. 
I, I mean, yeah, I've heard that basically since he retired, these stories became like, you know, yeah, pretty well out retired. there. Yeah. So there's, I mean, that's one of the, I mean, the, the show, The Last well, Dance. Well, the first retirement, yeah. if they indeed were hiding the fact that they were suspending him for illegal gambling, then that they were hiding it well, because in 94, 95, no one was talking about Michael Jordan gambling. They're talking about his baseball career. Well. They were, though, because, and I had forgotten about this, I think it was his third championship where he went out all night the night before, like, game six or something. Mm-hmm. He went to Atlantic City. Oh, it was when he, they were playing the Knicks. He went mm-hmm. to Atlantic City. So, but, yeah, he was, it, I feel like Michael Jordan, and even in this, and I love the, I love the Bulls at the time. They were very inspirational to me. I forgot how much I loved Dennis Rodman until I rewatched, until I watched the last dance. And I was like, Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I love the like worm. A weirdo who is emotionally vulnerable and loves to play good defense and does rebounds. That's my dream. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Dennis Rodman. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if, if not, if not queer, at least, like gender bending, oh, like, 100%. oh, baby. Yes. And again, he Ugh. plays defense. That's mm-hmm. all you, that's what wins championships, baby. Um, mm-hmm. 91 black it, and red pinstripe. That's what I want for my birthday. You just, you just inspired me. That's going to be some work. Um, I know. That is like a, a pretty expensive throwback. <laughs> but no, it was a great show. Uh, but I do think Michael Jordan is. Maybe one of the last uh, people in the public eye, both during his career and then now he's like memorialized it himself with this documentary, who mm-hmm. has gotten to control his own press to such an extent. Like, mm-hmm. he's like AFA. Like, we, we don't know any, like, his baggage gets pushed out of the news. He's like, like who? Sorry. The- JFK was the example oh, that I used. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm not I'm not talking about that part, but like there are certain people who had like such stature and then like, yeah, we sort of knew the bad things, but like we don't talk about any of the bad things. Well, with JFK and Michael Jordan, like the world and his fans like need that or put themselves in the position to like need that sparkly, tarnish free, um, you know, vision of him. It would be like finding out that your favorite baseball player threw some games and like one that you were even at one of the games. Or you couldn't that, make. Are you just being fanciful right now? I'm just, I'm not even foreshadowing anything whatsoever. We do find out that Terrence is, uh, who is Jackie's mom, dad, who we haven't met Jackie mm-hmm. yet. Uh, Veronica met him, shook his hand, and. <laughs> Told him that he is uh, Keith's favorite baseball player. Yeah, but that was before we knew we'd ever see him again. It was kind of a random hello. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, come on, Rob Thomas doesn't do random hellos, yeah. except for in except for in the next episode, he gives us one that I think is delightful. I can't remember. Oh, are you talking no. about the cameo from the director? No, I'm talking about the uh, um, the foil of Jackie's uh, B story. She's not a hello and goodbye. We have to deal with her more. The undercover 
No, oh! not Jane. I thought you were talking about Jane. No, Jane Never. is not. Jane is we'll not a, a foil. But I will say, on this rewatch, I did not remember having such a huge crush on her immediately because I was like, "Oh wow, she is cute and she is getting after it, and she's on her crutches." Like boys be carrying her books. I was like, "All right, Jane, love you." I like Jane fine, but Jackie. I think this is going to be the see, the rewatch where I fully embrace Jackie. Cause I okay. do like Jackie. She is, she is often a foil for Veronica, including the first time they meet where Veronica is dealing with really heavy shit. And Jackie mm-hmm. just wants her. Latte. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, to be fair, Veronica ends up making her into a macchiato, which is crazy. I love yes. that joke. It's cute. Oh, come on. That's the best. Yes, but Veronica is in the service industry. Do your job. If a barista... First of all, she's either a hostess or a waitress. We're not really sure, but she's not a barista. We've seen her... We've seen her work behind that counter before. Who is running the Java Hut? What is going on over there? Um, We also get... Ari Grainer is in this episode. Remind me who that is. Ed's daughter. Oh, she, yes. She's been in a bunch of, she's an a movie actress. Um, she's, oh, she's in movies. She's in movies. And she was also in, which I don't know if you saw, but I think you would like, but I, you did just say you don't have cable. Um, I'm dying up here. Oh, no, I didn't watch it. It looks, uh, it looks so serious. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, that was the, uh, that was the Jim Carrey, uh, produced, no, uh, that's, Oh, maybe he produced it. He's not in it. It's the show. But it's like stand-ups in the 70s or something? It's about, I think they made up a place. I can't remember what it's called, but it's essentially the comedy store. Um, Oh, okay. She's good at it. It's it's not going to change your life, but it's an enjoyable drama. Like, and it's fairly funny. Um, But she's really good. Yeah, Ari Greener is a good actress. I like her a lot in this as uh, as Jesse, Jesse yes. Doyle. Um, so we start the episode. Veronica is like dealing with her emotions. Mm-hmm. Jackie doesn't want to get out of bed because she's being lazy. <laughs> it's not quite clear why Jackie doesn't want to get out of bed. Just that she really isn't getting out of bed. Yeah. Oh, well, one important thing about the so the first scene with jackie what duncan and veronica are talking about is meg because meg survived the bus crash she is the sole survivor but she's been unconscious in a coma since they uh since they dug her out of the wreckage and duncan has been visiting her Mm -hmm. but also duncan kind of only wants to talk about nice things yeah which is very duncan of him but like uh, got it. You got to deal with the the trauma. I mean, that you, you see what happens to Duncan when he when he confronts negative forces in his life. He doesn't handle them well. He's all of a sudden singing musicals and jumping off of bleachers. We don't want that Duncan again. I loved that Duncan, but I understand what you're saying. <laughs> wait, wait, actually, I guess that was an example of him ignoring his problems and just jumping off his meds. Yes, and dealing with the fact that his ex girlfriend was kissing his old friend, mm. who used to do trips tricks with him. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but no, then we meet Ed's daughter, Jesse, the mm-hmm. driver of the bus crash. She goes to Neptune. She's been under the radar, but now she can no longer be under the radar. And she wants Veronica to prove that her dad did not commit suicide. Right. And we see in this scene, we see the shitty fucking um, oh, Niner girls who are like, okay, Veronica, you're one of us. Oh, Jesse, you're not one of us. Fuck you. Your dad mm-hmm. is a piece of shit. A dead piece of yep. shit. Um, and Jesse lays her out, which I think is that's speaking Veronica's language, you know? Yes, she appreciates that. She gets it. She was that person before. Um, and she's trying to use her privilege to help someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, she's not quite sure that she's going to get the right, get the answer that Jesse wants. So yeah, she doesn't even know where to yeah. start her investigation. Um, meanwhile, all of a sudden, last week, the Goot wanted to be mayor. And this week, he <laughs> wants to be county supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> No, I believe I read at some point Rob Thomas talked about this. Uh, I don't know what you what do you call a typo that happened on television? This edit, our uh, continuity error. Continuity error, and it was that because an area that has a sheriff and is the power would be with the county supervisor, and the county supervisor would have the power to hire sheriffs or incur- or work with sheriffs. A mayor wouldn't have that relationship. With the sheriff. Ah, right, right. They had a police department, but they've already established really heavily that Neptune has a sheriff's department. So that's why. And that actually makes a lot of sense because they're talking basically, because as I understand it, a sheriff is an elected official for now. Um, But he was saying that he's going to appoint Keith as sheriff, or he was just saying that like his endorsement as the County supervisor would make him basically a shoe. I think that's what he was trying okay. to say. Okay. Um, that he would support, share, support Keith. And it's also, it's fun for us. Cause like I was saying last episode, Keith didn't really have a storyline, but in this, it's kind of interesting to see how in the same way Veronica is being welcomed by these O-Niners, people who had distanced themselves from Keith or didn't trust Keith are now like, oh, bygones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, want you, I want you to protect us again. Yeah, um, yeah. It's like, you know how you were trying to solve that Lily Kane murder the whole time? Well, way to finally get around to doing it. I guess you're welcome back in. Yeah. And then, I guess, is it one scene where they're at the baseball field? Mm-hmm. Where okay, uh, so, Keith and Woody are talking? Yeah, so the Woody goot? is coaching, the Goot is coaching a bunch of, uh, like, well-uniformed kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids are running over their time for the less well-uniformed kids. Presumably. <laughs> yeah, they're the, they're the bad news bears. They're the, they're the mighty ducks before, uh, like, the final period of the game where they get their jerseys. You're right. They are the Mighty Ducks. Now, this episode didn't mean to do this to me. And honestly, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I thought this in previous watches. But in this watch, all I want Keith's storyline to be this season is helping those little kids be good at baseball. <laughs> it's such a tease. Like, once it occurs to you, it's like, 
No, why can't this be what Keith is up to all the time? Because oh. there, because seven children are dead, Mogi. Keith has more important things to do this season. He's not, he's not hired by anybody right now to do that. He 100% could be like working with these kids. They could all wear like weird uh, Veronica Mars logo. Um, those Mars, oh, Mars investigation jerseys. It would be oh, awesome. man. Or no, it would be the uh, it would be the pizza place from season one. Oh yeah, not Pizza Planet. What was it called? Uh, the place where the guy who got into Oxford. Yeah. Uh whatever. <laughs> but you're right. That would be a perfect place. Um, but no. Instead, we don't get the story of Keith helping the rough kids. We do get Keith witnessing Woody um, pacifying brawl that breaks out between the haves and the have-nots mm-hmm. which i think is supposed to make us think oh maybe woody's a good guy yeah maybe he could uh be a bridge <laughs> yeah this is not an aaron this is not an aaron eccles scene yeah i know that's true uh, uh, but like but yeah he could be a bridge between the two yeah. communities of neptune yes speaking to the rich people. Because mm-hmm. he, like I said, he doesn't really help the rough kids or the have nots. No. He's more like, let's all have sportsmanship, even though hey. one of you has all the privileges of, of wealth and the others don't. Um, <laughs> and are being directly wronged uh, yep. and fighting exactly. for justice in your lifetime. Yeah. But hey, let's all yeah, yeah, yeah. remember that sportsmanship is the answer. Um, it is, sportsmanship has a time and place. Um, but we don't get to watch the show that's about Keith helping these rough kids be good at baseball. I wish we could see that. That's yeah. what I want. I want, like, uh, oh shoot, what's the name of that uh, Keanu Reeves movie where he coaches the baseball team? Hardball. Hardball. I want hardball with, but with Keith, and probably honestly, less death of the sweetest, cutest little boy at the end. Yeah, G Money. That's a real gut punch in that movie that feels unreasonable. It's not. G, it's very G baby. G baby. That's who it was. He never even grows up to be money. No, no. He was just a G baby. That's a little baby boy. Yeah. God. So bad. Are you going to make me rewatch Keanu Reeves' Hardball? Please rewatch Hardball. Hardball is good. And I love how they treat him like a, such a doof because he is a doof. Like, I just like that movie. But the end is like, it's just cruel. Yeah. It doesn't need to be that that, that mean to us, but it is. Look, it's um, not called softball, Mogi. Oh, Lord. You're right. It isn't called softball. Uh, but Veronica's work takes her to, in, to talk to one of the last people who ever talked to Driver Ed. A clerk mm-hmm. at a convenience store. Who, in my opinion, shouldn't even have been there. It was, he wasn't working that day. But he was. Um, can I tell you that one of my, and I, a few places did it, but as things were shutting down and quarantine was starting, anybody mm-hmm. who put a sign out that said, I assure you we're open, really made my day. That's great. I didn't see any. Um, I know uh flappers in burbank did it okay, okay. i mean honestly <laughs> I if you it. asked me i would have 50 50 been like i have no idea flappers is 
open even outside of the quarantine. Um, and then where I can't remember the other place I saw it, but I like it. It's it's a cute little joke, and I like it. It a is because it's hard to know what's open and closed when uh, there's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. But Kevin Smith, it's a cameo. Yeah, it's Kevin Smith. Cameo. I like it a lot. I remember being when I was watching it uh, the other day. Like I, I was very charmed by him in a way that I feel like you know Kevin Smith when I was an adolescent and I was like defining my humor and I had like a lot of hormonal anger and stuff like that. Like Kevin Smith was there for me and his movies were there for me. I've since grown out of a lot of his material, but it was nice to see him in that scene with Veronica when he's like filling the slurpy cup and just being kind of like swarmy, but still approachable. Like, I don't know. It made me very happy. Yes, I feel like the role was written with him in mind, and mm-hmm. and if it wasn't, he was definitely paraphrasing to his vernacular. Uh, but I, I have a, I have a very similar affection for Kevin Smith. Um, I have not tried to rewatch any of them, any mm-hmm. of his movies. Um, but I have seen, especially like the Jersey trilogy. I've seen like a dozen times like i've seen it a lot right right um, when i was a kid or a teen or whatever um the channel ifc and i remember mm-hmm. i did this they showed clerks and then they showed clerks with a commentary track like on ifc like on the channel oh cool ifc you see red yeah so i watched clerks three times in a row in one night once. <laughs> it's like I watched it and I watched it with the commentary track. Cause, cause in my mind, this was like before DVDs or at least I didn't have DVDs. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. So, and I've, I own, yeah, I've watched all of those movies many, many times. Um, I used to listen to his podcast. Like I have ingested a lot of stuff. Kevin Smith stuff. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't watched anything super recent. Um, like I had. They they did make another Jay and Silent Bob movie. Yes, they have made like another Jay and Sil- it's like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Again or something like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of something. what the last thing of his I watched. It might have been Strike Back. Um, but on- oh no, Clerks too. I saw Clerks too. Oh, I saw Zach and Miri. That was after that. Zach and Miri um, was after Clerks too. Well, I saw that as well. All right, I watch every fucking Kevin Smith movie. Who am I? No, kidding? he's made a lot. Now I'm gonna look it up because he's made one called like Hosiers or Hockey Hosiers or something. Uh, like yoga like and hockey or something. No, yoga Hosiers. That's what it's called. But like yoga that's Hosier. with his. I think starring his daughter. So I don't think I have yeah. seen. I mean, I'm like 99% sure I have not seen that. I would, I would didn't block it out. So I didn't see it. So he no, made it a is movie. Like a, it Whoa, is like a sci-fi movie it? where teen girls fight little claymation monsters. I think you would have remembered seeing yeah, that. I probably would have. Uh, did you watch red state? I think that was oh, my no. last one. I, I skipped red state. I watched red state. Okay. Did you see cop out? No, the Tracy uh, Tracy Morgan vehicle. Yeah, I watched it eventually on DVD, but like up to Zach and Mir make a porno, I would go to his movies opening weekend because I wanted to support his movies. Yeah, 
and then yeah, cop I feel like out, I was the same I, way. yeah and then cop out i was off and then yeah there's a jay and silent bob reboot came out last year and then there's a clerks three coming out and there's a twilight of the mall rats coming out twilight of the mall rats yeah i don't know what that means hmm. means be we, we got to get jason lee back to work i mean i don't there's a there's a lot of humor in those movies that i no longer enjoy yeah it's and it's like, edgelord shit it's like 90s yeah. like pre uh like we we speak a almost entirely different language than we did at that time. You know, like the consideration of other people's humanity, if they were other than you was not like a big thing in the late nineties. Or it was like very like, I, cause I feel like chasing Amy was an attempt at that. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But now it's like, if that's where you are in your development, I feel like you're not fully developed. Right. That's actually a good point because, yeah, the point of chasing Amy is like, we're going to, like, these are the sort of characters I've always had, but what happens when they're confronted with, you know, queer people and yeah. need to, like, coexist. And the bottom line is, like, Holden isn't strong enough or grown up enough to, to, be, to be the adult and be, like, uh, understanding and empathetic enough to to be with her mm -hmm. so like i do feel like it works out the way it's supposed to but i don't i think right now if i was watching that movie fresh and i got to the scene where holden is like let's all have a threesome to fix this problem of my mm -hmm. sexual security i might want to burn the movie to the ground <laughs> the time, i was just like oh bud that's not gonna fix it but now i feel like i would be like Oh, I hate you. I oh, I think you would find reasons to hate him well before that scene. <laughs> <laughs> I think when they're at the fucking karaoke bar, you would be like, oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know if I'd, I guess maybe I wouldn't finish. I don't know. I don't know what would happen if someone was like, this is a new movie and it was chasing Amy and I tried to watch it in 2020. I don't know how far. I guess if you told me it was really good, I would probably make it through the whole movie just to mm -hmm. like understand because it'd be like maybe something turns in the movie yeah. to make it but like well i appreciate your yeah. faith in my opinion and i mean all of this is to say that uh kevin smith works at a convenience store in veronica mars yeah he's good and he's fine um and he likes and she they do a thing where she's trying to like per she pretends to be a death gawker um oh god and yeah he, plays right into it to give her details of the last things that the driver that Ed did uh, mm -hmm. before dying, including uh, buying a St. Uh, Christopher medal, uh, yep. which she realizes is because he wanted change. Had to make a, this. I like the, I like the whole scene. It's great. But yeah, yeah she, he needs to make a, he needs to make a phone call. Because she was originally, her original hypothesis was she would find that he was buying like a lot of caffeine and she could somehow prove that he like fell asleep at the wheel instead of committing yeah. suicide. Yes, but that, that was wasn't the, the case. Yeah, that wasn't what was actually happening. Um, and so she figures out he made a phone call. 
she uses she she goes to the police department. Leo is not there. Mm-hmm. I think we have reason to believe Leo has left Neptune since the summer. Well, we just saw him in the last episode. Oh, since the yeah, summer, right, right. Back of to the night of the last episode of the first season. So yeah, mm-hmm. I just if you're a Leo guy, if you're a Leoer. Settle down. I don't, don't hold your breath for a lot of <laughs> Listen, listen, Leo, Leo's. What? <laughs> oh my God. Do you think that Leo showed up at Java the Hut on the night of Veronica's 18th birthday because he's a creep like that? And he's uh-huh. outside the window when mm-hmm. she together with Duncan. He's like, oh, yes. No. Yes. And it fucking starts to rain only on him. <laughs> And he leaves the city forever in disgrace. That is absolutely what happens to Leo. He's <laughs> so dumb. I know, but he's sweet and he likes, he cares about Veronica a lot. I know, he's a dog. He's like a golden retriever of a boy. He's like if a golden retriever's liked underage girls. Um. <laughs> But yeah, Veronica figures out, she goes to the police, she <laughs> fills out an application to work at the police station, which honestly, it would be great if she worked at the sheriff's office. I know oh it my could God. never happen. Neither of them would get anything done. God, it would just be spy versus spy. I would love it. Um, <laughs> but no, she is not going to get that job, but she uses the internal phone lines to uh, make a call and find out who uh was called from the payphone at the convenience store yes and i like uh i like them not have because she uses a fake name of a deputy that doesn't exist um but i like that they didn't have feel they had to explain to the audience that it was because of the caller id i appreciated that because yeah, no, that show will a lot of times like have veronica explain like how fucking stamps work and it's like yeah, this is right. information we don't need in a voiceover right now no, we don't need it um and then Veronica hangs out with Duncan, and what I wrote is junk- Duncan is too good at compartmentalization. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like maybe there is something chemically wrong with him that makes him too good at that. Or he's been through some kind of trauma that has made it so he is very good at acting like things are okay when things are rough. Right, it could be like some sort of combination of like, uh, I don't know, a severe head wound and um, something about his upbringing and how like tragedies and emotions are always hidden and pushed to the side uh, for the quote unquote greater good of the family. I don't know. Something like that. Who knows? But Veronica is getting a little frustrated with him and she is being, she's not being unfair, but she is being peevish with him. She is mm-hmm. definitely feeling grumpy about his, uh ability to act like everything's okay when things are really bad yeah well and he i I get that it was a joke and he was trying to be cute but like don't blame radiohead wow you're right radiohead has nothing to do with this okay she's a deaf cab girl anyway if anyone's making making her sad it's ben gibbard that's one thing that's really fun about these episodes for me uh, okay. is that this season is when the Veronica Mars soundtrack came out. 
Now, some uh, songs uh, on the soundtrack are from first season, but there's some good stuff in this season, um, including a Veronica Mars, a, a, a song by the Veronicas um, that hasn't come up yet, but the cast of Veronica Mars is in the music video. So that's some bonus really? homework that you, yeah. Uh, for oh, no I cannot wait to watch it. Yeah. I think it's No Sleep Tonight, but we'll find out. Um, I also wrote that Jackie looks like an is looking like an early aughts snack when she comes into that classroom. <laughs> ooh, ooh, give me a denim jacket that has like mm-hmm. almost no fabric and like yes. some denim jeans that also just miss the entire middle part of your body. Mm-hmm. Ooh, girl. Uh, yeah, I like it. She, here's the thing: she just looks so hot, and you know Wallace is gonna be just Twitter pated. He has oh, no yeah. choice. He can't. He, he can't. Get it himself. He does like a Conan O'Brien, like lick the fingers and swoosh the eyebrows <laughs> move at her. And then, and it's sweet because Wallace is who Wallace is. His like way to impress her is like, I'll show you how to get to the principal's office. <laughs> And she's like, oh, so you're like a helpful do-gooder type? And he's like, yeah, you do good for you? And she's like, no, I like bad boy. I can't handle it. And then she gives him super sass, and he's like, oh, okay. And she's like, see? I told you, didn't I? Like, aww. It's very cute. It's it's good. It's good. I like Jackie. She's, Yeah. I like Jackie for Wallace. I also, and we haven't really seen them together, but we know that Veronica doesn't love Jackie yet. Mm. I get why Veronica doesn't necessarily love Jackie for her best friend, but right. I think it's great for Wallace. He needs something to open his his little life up. He can't yeah. just be running errands for Veronica all the time. He needs some no. excitement, and this is a girl who's flirting with him, but he's still kind of confused. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Um and he gets to he gets to do his uh his acts of service, which we know Wallace is yes. all about. You know, like the uh gods be good, Jackie gets wrapped up in a little mini bite-sized mystery that Wallace can just take right up and use his skills. He can infiltrate the hacky sackers. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, cross, he does some cross referencing at one point and by gum, he's going to solve this case. And his first instinct is to loop Veronica in, but he realizes she's sure. on dealing with her dealing with stuff. So he takes it on himself. And that's also growth for him. I love this for yeah. him. This is exciting. He also, he gets to meet, he gets to talk to the hacky sackers. One of the hacky sackers played an evil alien on Roswell. Hey. Um, and it's funny because he was like, I think he played like a young teen on that show and he's still playing a teen five years later on this show. Yeah, um, he that's also great. was in the movie Kindergarten Cop. Have you seen the film Kindergarten Cop? I have seen the film Kindergarten Cop. Remember there's a little boy who says, uh, boys have penis, girls have vaginas. Oh, so you're telling me this kid is Hollywood royalty? Yes, he's boys have penises, girls have vaginas. I used to know how to that, say it. I don't think I'm saying it right, but yeah, I feel like it was a that was a quote. I mean, there's a lot of quotes from that movie. We could go through them. There's the most famous one about tumors. There's other things, 
But I feel like boys have penises, girls have vaginas. And maybe I am a little older than you, so maybe it was different in different times. That was a well, that was a, said by a lot of children. Oh. I've heard that quote by so many children. I feel like that movie put such a fine point on it that it is now like an official, like educational, <laughs> like strategy for kindergartners. Yeah, you just it's like, okay, we just need to. Sh- <laughs> no, I used to find, and I don't know what year that movie came out, but I saw it as a kid. I used to mm-hmm. find dad in it, like the evil dad who's trying to like come get his kid. So ponytail, ponytail, dark, like like probably bleach dark or not bleach. What do you call it? Dyed black hair, like mm-hmm. his hair too dark. Um, looks like Steven Seagal, so maybe they both use the same dress for men products. But like, it's a total Steven Seagal type. Yes, but he's so scary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I liked that movie a lot when I was. I it's mean, really I probably- good. It. I haven't watched it in a while, but why Arnold Schwarzenegger should have done one comedy for every action he did. I mean, he he's his ratio is not that far off. He probably did like what like a quarter of his movies are a comedy. Yeah, and I really started by only thinking of the ones I love, like Jingle All the Way. Uh huh. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Like, but I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't remember loving it, but I do love Sinbad, so maybe I should revisit. Hell yeah, you should revisit it. He gets into a fist fight with a rented reindeer, and then after the fight's over, they share a beer. It's like, come on, man. All right, I will watch it at this Christmas time when it happens. Um, I can't, I'm not going to watch it in July. That'd be crazy. Uh, yeah. And then uh, the other movie that's so good, the James Cameron one. That's like action comedy with um, Jamie Lee Curtis. True Lies. Oh, True Lies. Yes, True Lies. I guess um, what I wanted to make more True Lies movies. Yeah, True Lies is great. Uh, Tom Arnold uh, has a career performance in that one. Um, what else you got? I would almost say Total Recall. I mean, it is like it's high concept sci-fi. Yeah, but it's also hysterically funny at points. All right, maybe he did enough. I guess I just want more like of the best because he also did Junior. (laughs) (laughs) Twins, which I will admit I liked Twins when I was a kid. Uh huh. But I don't. But you see, yeah, give me give me a Total Recall style humor where it's just the pure magnetism of Arnold delivering almost like minimal dialogue, right? But yeah. it's still somehow funny versus like something like Twins or Junior where he's trying to be funny. Yeah, I think that's what it is. is I don't really want him to try. I want it just to like happen. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you know what? We just named several like enjoyable movies. So hey, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you did good. Yeah, man. Arnold Schwarzenegger, great actor. I didn't say that part, but I'm happy that you're happy with him. <laughs> oh, God. That you should see uh, Police Academy. and I'm interested to see what you said. Now, I, it is an 80s comedy, that, mm-hmm. so I don't 
don't think like there's a ton of three-dimensional female characters or like there's definitely some jokes that you'll go like what but <laughs> i think the first one's pretty it's pretty fun i mean it's a book I'll, I'll compromise with you mogi i'll watch police academy too that's literally the opposite of what i asked you to do that is not <laughs> Okay, watch. Uh, is he? Isn't he in Short Circuit too, or is he just in? Is short the goot circuit? in Short Circuit? Isn't he the male lead in Short Circuit? No, goot not. Goot not in Short Circuit. Isn't Short Circuit the one about the robot? Yeah, Jenny Five. Yeah, he's like the main guy. Okay, so Fisher That's Steve Steven- Gutenberg. Okay, Fisher Stevens is in it as like a like uh I think age like he's a he's definitely doing a cross racial performance that's yes. a little bit uh, uh offensive. He wears I mean, very, very dark brown face makeup. Yeah, and and does a accent like so. I'm not saying let's watch Short Circuit, but the male lead in Short Circuit is definitely Steve Gutenberg. Ali Sheedy's the female lead, and he's the male lead. I'm sorry. I am. There he is. Wow. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right here on my screen. Proof positive that Steve Gutenberg. Yeah. Okay. How about this? As a, as a compromise, you could watch three men and a baby. Tom Selleck, Ted Danson, and Steve Gutenberg, all the men of the eighties in one mega hit movie about babies. Uh, fun fact, the alleged ghost in Three Men and a Baby, cardboard cutout of Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, I did know that. (laughs) (laughs) As a fun fact. Where do I get my hands on one of those? That's what I want to know. I don't know. You already said what you wanted for your birthday. It is much harder to find than a cutout of Steve Gutenberg. (laughs) Here's the thing. If you could get one. That's wearing a Dennis Rodman jersey. I think that's really the safest bet. Okay, and because we were talking about Steve Gutenberg, and I know we will continue to talk about him, but I have to name check my number one Steve Gutenberg movie of all time. It is very weird. Okay. I told you about it on our podcast, Same Day Shipping, before. It's, mm-hmm. It has two names. Sometimes it's called The Boyfriend School, and sometimes it's called Don't Tell Her It's Me. I think it came out as Don't Tell Her It's Me. That is Steve Gutenberg is like a very dumpy, overweight, unhappy, bald man whose mm-hmm. sister is a romance novelist. Um, and his sister gives him a full makeover as an Australian motorcycle riding hunk with long flowing locks. <laughs> um, and in that guise, he is able to woo his best, his sister's best friend or a friend of his sister's. Uh, I mean, and, and Shelley Long yeah. plays the sister. Um, so if you really are only going to watch one Steve Gutenberg movie, it shouldn't be any of the ones we mentioned. It should be "Don't Tell Her It's Me." And is Shelley Long is the romantic interest, or his sister? That's his sister. Jamie Gertz is okay. his romantic interest. Um, oh man, this sounds good, dude. Yeah, I think you can only watch it on YouTube. Like, I don't think you can get a DVD of it. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> um, it's amazing. Oh, by the way, his, he's, I said Australian. I was wrong. He's from New Zealand. 
the biker okay. character. And the persona is called Lobo Moronga. Oh, Lobo. Lobo. It's very cute. Um, it is. I, I like oh, the boyfriend it. school. Okay, so I was trying to find it. It's listed as the boyfriend school on IMDb. This looks amazing. Yep. So if you only watch one Steve Gutenberg movie, this is the movie. It will You will be charmed in every way, and there's no cops in it. Mm-hmm. Great. So that so it's good for you. Oh, Kyle McLaughlin. Um, yeah, he plays, he plays the, Trout. Yes, he plays Jamie Gertz's boyfriend before she re- she falls in love with Lobo. Uh huh. Serious Lobo. It's so silly and fun. It's this, so this looks incredible. And his hair is like a straight up mullet, but it's supposed to be like a sexy mullet. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, I recognize Jamie Gertz. I like her. She's she's in Twister. Yes, I was going to name check Twister for you, but I didn't know if you would get the ref. I mean, I knew you would get the ref, but I didn't know if that was the best Jamie Gertz ref. But it, it, it turns out it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am doing a Steve Martin summer where I'm watching like 20 Steve Martin movies. I usually do Keanu summer, but I'm taking a break from Keanu. Uh, Wait, do you do? I know you did a Keanu summer like two years ago, but do you do Keanu summer every year? Two years, I've done two different Keanu (laughs) summers. Okay, so I watched two different sets of twenty Keanu movies the last two summers, and then this summer, taking a break from Keanu, even though it is the summer of Bill and Ted Excellent Adventure three. But you know what? Mm -hmm. That's okay. Oh, sorry, it's called Bill and Ted Music. Uh, but it's a Steve Martin one. So I watched Leap of Faith last night. I forgot Philip Seymour Hoffman is in Leap of Faith. Right. Also, I watched Leap of Faith and Dirty Rotten Scoundrels short review. I don't, I still don't like either of those movies, even though I'm now, because I was a, as a kid, I was very into Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he, I, if you had asked me at like seven who my favorite actor was, I would have said Steve Martin. Yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of had a crush on him, but I, oh, wow. thumbs down. Yeah. Uh, but thumbs down on, I never liked Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I still don't like it. And I, I would say Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, bar none, is his best movie. Better than The Jerk. Better than My Blue Heaven, um, which is another favorite of mine. My Blue Heaven's a good movie. Have you seen all of me? Which one's that? Is that the one where he's a man who has two brains? Well, there's one called The Man with Two Brains, which is a different movie. This is about a man with a woman in his bo- uh, who shares a body with another person. Oh, yeah. And they, yes, I have seen that. That's They do like the gag where when he looks in the mirror, he sees her. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, that does happen in that movie, 100%. Who is um, it? Lily Tomlin? Lily Tomlin. It's very good. Yeah. Also, okay, I have seen that. Okay. Also, have you seen Roxanne? I've actually never seen Roxanne. All right. I saw Roxanne too. You did not stop it. There is. It's on Netflix right now. It's called. It's on Netflix right now. It's called. You don't know the half of it. Stop. You stop. Stop it. Um. Oh, that's so mean of you. But no, I would say Roxanne. He wrote it and started it, and I would say Roxanne is his best movie. But it also is very much to my taste. It's a romantic comedy where there's no uh bad people just funny uh jokes. Mm. okay so um 
And Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is a buddy movie where the buddies hate each other and there's no reason for them to ever speak to each other again. And no, everyone is duplicitous and mean and uh, no one deserves happiness. Yes, so, I like movies like that. I like when you get a bunch of bad people trapped in a bottle and watch them like, like claw at each other. I think that's very I appreciate the entertaining. Premise. I guess I appreciate the premise of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels much more than the execution because um, mm. even the ending I love the idea that all these people who have been backstabbing each other decide to run cons together mm-hmm. but like I don't think they earn it it's funny because you don't do you like con men I love con men I love heists I love cons yeah absolutely yeah I feel like the cons in Dirty Round Scoundrels are weak sauce oh they're no like, they're hilarious uh, they're they're not- like so blown out, like like the it's like the real life, um, like you know, prince of a foreign land needs your money temporarily. Like it's I don't yeah, know, I love it. Are, I guess I like that. I don't like a mentally ill brother that you have to take care of that also has like weird sexual things that are like very uncomfortable. Like I, that's not. Ex- I guess I don't find that funny. It exposed those women. For not being as compassionate as they thought they were. No, that's not what that movie is. <laughs> is that a weird? Is that a weird takeaway from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels? That those I women, finally, those said, women. Oh Jesus Christ! You, Colin, said, I'm doing. I'm doing. I'm writing the remake of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I could mm-hmm. see, like, the premise is rich for a movie that is good. I mm-hmm. just don't think that movie. And okay, and I'll also admit, I don't know if you know this about me. Hmm. You know a lot about me and my opinions about things. We talk about yeah, for hours. But I feel like this can't be like you secretly hate Michael Caine or something. I secretly hate, hate Michael Caine. What? Really? Now, of that era. By the time he becomes an old man, he doesn't bug me. Like, Cider House rules and on, we're fine. I can handle him as <laughs> Alfred. He's fine. And I, I know exactly. And even as I was watching uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels yesterday, I was thinking about it. I know exactly how it happened. And I think I know why it happened. And okay. it goes back to a lot of the things we talk about uh, in terms of teenagers on this show. I uh-huh. hate him because of a little movie called Blame It on Rio. Are you familiar with this movie? No, not even a little. Thank God. If you were about to say you love this movie, I may hang up on you on the... <laughs> podcast and everything <laughs> you but i would judge you okay so blame it on rio is a movie that used to be on comedy central all the time when i was a kid and i was very into steve martin movies and comedy central obviously there's uh-huh. like a, a diagram circle but i would watch sure. comedy central you know whenever my parents would let me watch cable that's what i was watching mm-hmm. and so i saw it multiple times but it all and it, it would be on late at night um because it's kind of a sexy movie um like with boobs and stuff Ooh. Um, but it's about two middle-aged men who take their teenage daughters with them on a trip to Brazil, to Rio de Janeiro. Okay. And one of the middle-aged men has a, an affair with the teenage daughter of the other man. Whoa, that is, that is saucy. This does yes. not seem like a comedy. And- and gross to me. And again, I was watching this as a kid, so I wasn't even. Yeah. I was 
definitely prepubescent at the time. I found it so gross that any adult man would be looking at his friend's daughter that way. Mm-hmm. While he had a daughter the exact same age, like it really fucked me. Like it really made me really un- like upset and made me think Michael Caine was a bad person. Even though I, <laughs> I was old enough to know there's a difference between characters and movies, but like I, it's uh, I get it. Yeah, I get it. It is sometimes hard to shake a uh, a performance like that. <laughs> yes, it was very hard to shake. So I think I still, yeah, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I, I can't separate it. And I want to like that movie. And there's parts that are good, but Michael Caine. Well, and the fact that Michael Caine's character is like specifically a lying creep in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Like that's yeah. the part that's fun about that character in that yes. movie. I like, I don't mind lying creeps or con men, but I think I really just am never going to forgive him for having sex with his friend's teenage daughter. Sure. Cool. I mean, and they, and if you really were to listen to the advice of the film, you could just blame it on Rio and never go to Brazil. It's not Brazil's fault. They also really try to blame it on the girl. Like, she's so sex crazed that she's just trying to seduce the guy. I don't like, he's an Wait, old so the movie boy. doesn't even take its own advice and they're blaming it not on Rio? Blame it on the teenage girl for being so boy crazy. Wow. Boy this crazy. is, you know what this is? This is Forget Paris all over again because all they do is talk about that trip to Paris, that whole movie. Okay, but by the way, Forget Paris mm-hmm. is good. I'm oh, not, was, I don't ever try to link blame it on Rio to a movie I like again. That was cruel and unusual. But I think that that feeling, that grossed out feeling was so formative to me that Mm -hmm. even like, even watching Kendall Casablancas have sex with Logan Eccles is like upsetting to me. There's just something about I mean, not that other people love watching adults have sex with teens, but I'm just like, I don't know. There's something just like like primal revolting to me it's so creepy so like she would logan goes to her door and you know even like it's part of like their sexual game which i guess it would have to be because otherwise what are you just pretending it's not happening like you know when he says like his dick and uh can uh dick and beaver come out and play like it's it's gross it's very gross but at the same time they're both hotties so i don't know what to say about it really they're both both having fun i do like that she makes a point of being like yeah it's gross so you're still in high school like that's Mm -hmm. not like i like that she's not fetishizing that like that's not really what she's in it for um Mm -hmm. it seems like she saw someone hot and she wanted to have sex with them so I guess that makes it better. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, she's it. honestly, she's a, she's a bit of a gross character. I can't even believe how much you were defending her just like 30 minutes ago, going on and on about how she yeah, was. It's, yeah, how like she was just like doing it for herself and how she's uh-huh. a bad, she's just a girl boss. Um, <laughs> I regret that. I really do. Yeah. Well, kind I'm of, glad to hear you take ownership of it, Mogi. Uh, now, you know what Logan needs to do is apply his sunblock properly because he's got a farmer's tan. <laughs> I like it, though. 
Uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't even notice that. That's it's not great, that though. aggressive, but I was looking okay. for things to look at because I was kind of grossed out by the sex scene. Uh, but they it, have sex. It probably was like a. It was a real farmer's hand, and then makeup came in and touched it up as much as they could. On yeah, set. I think that's probably accurate. And it wasn't the worst one I've ever seen. It just was like, uh. This is not a tan of a surfer. It's more of a tan mm-hmm. of a guy who works out uh, in a cutoff shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have a fun little scene of their fooling around on the cu- on the couch, and the um, the all the Casablancas come home. Yeah, including so Big has, Dick. Including Big Dick. So Logan has to like run upstairs, like play <laughs> video games. <laughs> Kendall just throws on a robe, which I guess that works to paint her toenails. Yeah, um, it's like that scene in Step Brothers where Will Ferrell has to hide that he was playing the drums. He's yes. like, no, I was watching Cops. <laughs> um, so it, it's so as much as like if I think too much about an adult woman having sex with a teenage boy, I get kind of grossed out. I do feel like it's a fun caper element to this show. And I yeah. think makes it so Logan's storyline is less sad or upsetting, right? Because, like, this is one of the more productive uses of his story. <laughs> <laughs> I was to just like- going to say, like, this goes to show another example of Logan's, like, self-destructive behavior and how he can't I- cope with missing Veronica in a healthy way. So he starts a tawdry affair with an older woman who's married to his best friend's dad. Okay, that's also true, but it's better than starting a race war, which is how he started the summer. (laughs) All these being equal, this is, and the fact that Veronica's 18, we can also just in our heads decide Logan's 18, which helps Mm -hmm. us. I don't know. Nothing helps. Yeah, Logan's 18. Let's go with it. When when did we see his last birthday? On the, uh, I think he turned 18 back in season one. Remember, it was a trick. He lied to his dad. Oh, yeah. And then he right, said, you're, it wasn't three months off. You're, are you three months earlier, nine months late? But then we that might be a lie, too. It's so <laughs> outrageous that he doesn't know his own son's birthday that I completely f- forgot that was a huge story point. Uh, is it uh, weird that I kind of miss Aaron? No, I liked it. I I don't I didn't like it. But I I miss him in that like he was a once he's revealed too. I liked the version of pure evil that we got at the end of the season. Like there's something electrifying about that. So I kind mm-hmm. of miss Aaron in that way. Like yeah. Now we're in much more shades of gray. Um, right. Our next bad daddy though is Big Dick Casablancas, who you know he's a business boy. He likes his guns. Uh, he's not shy about loving uh, the the son that carries his namesake so much more than his other son. Yeah. Um, He likes Logan better than he likes Beaver. Yeah, he really does. He's, uh, speaking of bullies, Big Dick Casablancas is an adult bully. Absolutely. He's an adult bully. And when they all go shooting, Mm -hmm. who knows what he knows, right? But he demonstrates why it would be dangerous to be sleeping with his wife. Uh, yes, with the flashing of the guns and his That's precision. Understanding of how to hurt someone 
his mm-hmm. advice. It now we don't know if if Big Dick is aware of the affair, but we it's definitely adding a layer of danger to what to what uh what Logan's been up to. Yeah, yeah. Keep your could Big Dick could be playing a keep your enemies close kind of situation with with 100%. young Logan. Or he could just be sh- demonstrating that he's the kind of person who would shoot someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> could could uh, just be that. Could just be that. Uh, meanwhile, Veronica is figuring out pretty quickly who made the call, who was called on the payphone. It mm-hmm. was the wife of the neighbor, um, of Ed's neighbor. They were in love. They were going to run away together. Yeah, Carla Carter. Yeah. Ed wasn't going to kill himself or wasn't trying to kill himself. Um, no, he just wanted out. And he, it, it seems from the story we got that he loved his kids and, you know, didn't want to break up the home, but he, oh God, you know who fucking breaks my heart? That stupid little brother. Yeah. I feel that kid was pretty good, man. Yeah. He was really good. And the mom was awful. Mm hmm. Um, and I guess that's one of those things where it's like you stay together for the kids, but like you're forcing the kids to be with a very deeply unhappy and cruel woman. So, yeah, I guess you and Carla are kind of in the same position on on the kids' mom. I think she's dealing with a lot. I I kind of was I thought it was kind of fucked up of when uh Jesse meets Carla for the first time in the coffee house. Yeah. And she's like, your dad didn't want you to be alone with your horrible mother. Like, fuck you, lady. Yeah, no, 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 no. Protect your kids from how much you hate their parent. I'm down with that. <laughs> I, stay together for the kids thing, uh-huh. I think, is it's a fallacy. And I'm right. not saying that there aren't mothers or fathers who are vindictive, who use custody as a battle ram. I'm not saying that, but like, if you're unhappy in your marriage, that has an effect on your children, whether you tell them or not. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your unhappiness is going to affect your kids, whether you're married or not. Exactly. So I think you owe it to yourself to find happiness. And I think you owe it to your kids to raise them with a parent mm-hmm. who take care of themselves. But all that aside, the <laughs> Carla <laughs> looks at Veronica and is like, when you find that person you love, grab it with two hands and ride it all the way home in the presidential suite. And Veronica's like, <laughs> of the Neptune Grants. Yeah, it's a Veronica's like, got it. She goes, <laughs> Duncan, just got to fight. She goes to see Duncan. She kisses all over him, and then they have sex. Mm-hmm. The first time both of them will fully remember. Um, in the. Oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Like virginity is a construct and TV shows love playing up the uh the female character losing uh her virginity and then the parents like, "Huh. It's almost as if you're a woman now?" Like that uh, fucking shit. Yeah. I agree that that con- that virginity is a construct. I'm with you. Virginity is a construct and TV shows often make a bigger deal of it than is really appropriate. But I do like that Veronica, the character still got to have that. That was not taken away from her. 
because right. of the event the year before that right, she's right. still she feels like for her this is her losing her virginity or this is the first time she's choosing to have sex with someone mm-hmm. um and logan is there to be a jerk immediately yeah conveniently like, placed as he always seems to be <laughs> well next door knocking boots um and duncan and veronica laid there and listened to it which that's pretty awkward mm-hmm. um and then yeah and then then she runs into logan in the hallway he tells her if the cuddling is the best part then he didn't do it right <laughs> which but is it, like yeah it is a savage burn and veronica now has to live with that sexual mantra every time she has sex with duncan like that you can't shake that Yes, and it's a hundred. It's a savage burn, but it's also like hella true. Uh, no, I guess I'm saying she did choose someone who is safe for her and makes her feel safe. Logan, right? And there is a value to that. You mm-hmm. are unsafe, and yeah, yes. you have hotter sex, but you make her life miserable all the other minutes of the day. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like you're like it isn't accurate. It's such like it's it's delivered with deadly accuracy because he knows it's going to eat at her. He knows it's mm-hmm. direct hit. He knows he's better in uh, bed than Duncan. No question. But like she kind of did choose the person who's going to cuddle her better versus the one who's going to be hotter sex. Yeah, I like, wish Duncan could have said something like, "If you scream and smash her all the lamps in her living room, you <laughs> you're doing it wrong." That would be pretty funny. Or like my <laughs> even like my dad has never had to throw Duncan out of my house for threatening mm-hmm. me. But I mean, mm-hmm. like there are and maybe again, I'm a Duncan fan. He he levels a direct hit with his comment. It's too real yep. to be it's like you said, it's a savage bird, it's accurate. Yep. But Veronica's also making like the right choice for her right now. Like Logan is a dangerous bet. Yeah, I I totally agree, man. You don't have to convince me. I I think with Duncan, Veronica will learn how to get herself there. Um, you know, like one day she will achieve orgasm with Duncan as soon as she figures out that she just has to do all the work for that fucking guy. I don't even know if she will, but she <laughs> will get some good cuddles, some yeah, I gotta say, uh, Veronica does strike me as sort of a pillow princess. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's like a term for someone who just um, takes a passive role in the sexual, uh, like, you know, just sort of lays back and Here's lets the their thing. actual partners I, do Yes, I work. think you're right. Except when she feels like it's sort of wrong. And that's why she can have good sex with Logan, but not with other people. I feel like she's like it's about love. She it's she's gonna fuck herself over. But if she's sure. like this is wrong, you're maybe evil. I don't know. I think then she could be an active participant. But again, mm-hmm. I'm basing that on the show that we watch that has sex scenes with Logan in it. Or yeah, sex, I mean, that's, so like, that's maybe, a very buffy. That's a very buffy thing of her. 
that it she's got some buff in her. And she's got some buff in her. Yet, and also Mrs. Summers says the exact same line uh when Buffy loses her virginity. Oh, there's something different about her. Yeah. Well, okay, but Buffy also experienced maybe one of the worst fucking things a human being could experience. He goes evil. Yeah. Horror. Oh, that. So I was like, so many bad things have happened. But like the scene where her mom, I think it's because are you talking about the end scene where she like is like let it burn when they're no, in their it's pajamas? When it's no, no, no. She wakes up the next day and Angel's gone, and then she goes home and is walking up the stairs oh, of the Summers' home. Like, something wrong. Something's different about you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's the, it's the exact same thing that Keith does. You're right, but, but you're um, right, and that not before that's before she almost has to kill her boyfriend things get mm-hmm. very dark buffy on her birthday <laughs> birthday is the watchword um, but i don't know so wallace wins he figures out that the reporter the person who left the fake note on jackie's car was mm-hmm. really a reporter it's a long paper and he's able to use that to Steal the reporter's spark plugs and get her to give her insurance information to Jackie. Yeah. And it's interesting. Wallace goes toe-to-toe with two reporters in this episode. He does. He's not scared. Because when he was at the set... No, he didn't care about the free press. Um, but... Uh, oh, I do have to mention... I'm sorry. We just... We got past all of the uh, the Logan and... Kendall thing, but I do have to point out that the condom wrapper that uh, Little Beeve finds under the sofa, Uh did you happen to clock the brand of condom that it was? It is a Monster Energy. (laughs) I shit you not, it is the green tri-forked M of Monster Energy <laughs> on that. I don't know if the prop guy like had a Monster Energy sticker that happened to be the That's size so of a condom funny. and needed to Greek it real quick. I don't know if Monster really makes condoms, I've, but it's bizarre. That's funny. Uh, I didn't catch that. It definitely opens... He's... Uh, his reaction is definitely one of interest and mm. suspicion so it's not yes. clear if he recognizes the brand or if he like but he's definitely right <laughs> he recognizes the brand it's gotta be uh also if you do a google image search uh monster did make condoms so that's a oh. real deal thing um of course, yeah they come with the xterra <laughs> they do <laughs> You open the glove box and just monster energy condoms fucking go pouring all over your feet. If you rev into a high enough gear, they shoot out of your fucking snorkel muffler. Uh, this is great. Great marketing. Good job. <laughs> but yeah, Beaver uh, had to be like, Logan is the only fucking asshole who uses monster condoms. Because, I mean, Dick could be fucking in that living room all day. Right. And Dick would but totally he, leave condom wrappers around. Yeah, but, yeah, but he gets, he is suspicious immediately. Now, we, it doesn't, we don't know what he's thinking. We'll see more of what he does next in the next episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, definitely enough to pique his suspicion in some direction. Yeah. Um, 
And also, at the end of this episode, we get another wild-ass cliffhanger mm-hmm. that we could never have prepared for. Like, in the, it's, it's true in the first, both of these episodes, three quarters. 80-90% of the episode is complete and then a thing happens that you couldn't possibly <laughs> A dead right. body washes up at the beach and on yep. the dead body's hand is written Veronica Mars. What does that mean? I don't know, Colin. That's what I'm saying. It's Nothing insane. It's going to help us. Who is this dead body? Where would you? Why does he? Who writes a name? It's so it's bewildering. What I like does that have to do with our season mystery that I thought was about the bus. What does it have to do? Yeah, I don't know, man. I, it makes me really want to watch the next episode. I don't know about you. It really does. I think this season as almost better than the first season because I think the first season was paced differently i feel like this season does a much better job of like you better watch the next episode what do you think yeah yeah um, i love it but yeah i have no clue all right well me too all right mogi i'm so glad we are back for season two and we're talking about veronica mars what are we what are we watching next week um episodes three and four of season two <laughs> <laughs> The you usually know the name. Sorry, I didn't I mean know, to sandbag I, you. No, no, I should have been ready. Uh, the next episode is called Cheaty, Cheaty, Bang, Bang. And then the episode after that is Green-Eyed Monster. Amazing. Can't wait. Thank you guys so um, much for listening. Yes. Come on now. Now, sugar. sugar. <laughs> that one so went better. Was that one better?